somebody. Yes. Is it for the worst uh, day of our lives? In the middle of our worst day. I want to see a crossover Mm. movie. Alonzo Harris Mm -hmm. and Jack Bauer from 24. Jack's on the trail of Alonzo Harris. Or they're forced to team up. Something like that. Wouldn't that be insane? Two guys, the only other guy I can think of who has a worse day, Jack Bauer. Yeah, it is a 24 <laughs> hour. Yeah, he yeah. has a, all the, you know, he could, might be able to get help from an, another cop that's having a rough day. A day so rough that it starts off with him putting a gun in his mouth in the morning. <laughs> or Richard Keir. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would just bring him in for the aftermath of whatever. Like psycho damage, Jack Bauer and Alonzo Harris got up to. Richard Gere is in charge of cleanup. <laughs> like, no. That's so Not funny. Again. He, he just gets like, his movie is just him, like, sadly doing just terrible, like, cleanup jobs. And, like, he has to tell the families of everyone Alonzo Harris and Jack Bauer run into what happened. <laughs> like that's Richard Gere's job. Yeah, it's like of course I'm we're sorry. talking about Richard Gere's world famous at the level of Jack Bauer and Alonzo Harris character from Brooklyn's Finest. Yeah, I mean it's like the iconic character. The iconic, uh, if where there he ever plays, was one. He plays Teddy Finest. Yeah, the guy. We certainly remember his character name right yeah. off the top of our heads. Yeah, old, old Tony Finest. He's old, 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 Tony, the titular Tony Finest. <laughs> it's because, uh, you know, it's it's like, you know, the movie's kind of like positing uh, that uh, if you have a last name like Finest, you know, it might not be a fine time. It's kind of yeah. like how that one guy was named Loser and he ended up becoming a cop and the guy named yeah. Winner ended up becoming a, you know, kind of a rough and tumble think, fellow. Think about it. I think like mm-hmm. Richard Gere, like his character is Basically, his entire life is that scene from Heat where they discover the body and Al Pacino has to hug, like, stop the, the woman's mother from going in there. Like, that's Richard Gere's police job. It's like that one job. It happens once to Vincent Hanna. The rest of the time, Vincent Hanna gets to run around with his guys. Yeah, like, he has a fun merry ba- he has a merry band of uh, fellow uh, miscreants. Yeah, opposed- Richard Gere allowed no crew. Whatsoever. Oh, God, yeah. Jack Bauer gets a crew. They all die over the course of the 24 hours, usually. <laughs> oh, Jack. I oh, what a terrible. What a. Oh. I'll never forget, like, season four ends with him just hopping in the car, sitting down behind the. After everything is all said and done, and they've stopped the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And he just bursts into tears. <laughs> and I was like, this is the most realistic thing this show has ever done. This is the only possible choice Jack Bauer has at the end of this 24 episodes. It's just like, that was so hard. I'm going to cry. That was terrible. Like, like, okay, here's my question. Uh, I've never seen an episode 24. Sounds like I should get in, get on the 24 trend. I don't know how it's probably not aged particularly well. I I was a religious follower in time when it was on. I I was, uh, I was a religious lost head. Uh, uh, but that hasn't aged well as of a few days ago. But uh, a few days ago, yeah, as a few days after our Prometheus episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, um, is like every like what's the time period between seasons? Is it always like a year? 
in between, or is oh, it like is like it like four it, days in a row? It like no, it's not four days. It like bounces around. I don't think that it would be it like it's like a year, and it's like he's just gotten a chance to like. Ooh, like, but I, I was thinking about that with training day. It's like this is a particularly bad day for Alonzo, but just by the way he carries himself and the way he treats people and the way he like makes his extracurricular money and stuff like that, I don't mm-hmm. imagine any day is stress free. For yeah. like for neurotic souls like you and I, we would last. We would not make it. No, I am. I am like uh, crying after I smoke the scary weed, and I want to leave. I'm I like, don't no. get. I don't get wet. I don't get wet. <laughs> I don't want to get wet. I can't swim. I can't swim. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute. Undeniable and scientifically proven greatest performance your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Oh man, I'm Patrick Remian. Welcome to the Academy and welcome to the longest day of your life. Mmm. Mmm. Makes you think. Uh, we're of course talking about 2001's training day today, the return to our sub-series, the equalizer, the Antoine Fuqua story, part two. Part two. Mm-hmm. Only our third Antoine Fuqua movie, but I think we could say right away, this is a massive leap in all aspects, really, yeah. of filmmaking, storytelling, direct direction. I mean, you name it. Um, he has jumped from two relative B pictures to a massive Academy Award nominated and winning A picture. Yeah, that, it's a. Did you know that this premiered at the Venice Film Festival? No way! Yeah, uh, this is a uh, heavy-duty movie. Like, it, it it's an example of someone getting to step up to the plate and hitting a home run. I gotta say it. Like it, I think you it, gotta say too that his skill set is like shines here. He's able to really like make a like. I think he like he saw the moment. He mm-hmm. saw what it took. He saw what he needed as a filmmaker. I think, like, it's so good that the studios did not, like, after the debacle at the box office and critic and critically that was bait, Ooh. that he got another swing at the plate. He got another swing at the plate at this level. You know, I think it's um, a great thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I... You know, we talked about in the previous episode, and, like, unfortunately, a lot of people of color, women filmmakers, that kind of thing, they have a bomb at the level of bait. They're done. Toast. Yeah. They're working on TV or commercials, you know? Yeah. E- even like people that make like, even for like women and people of color, people that make like really uh, critically acclaimed films that just don't make it in the box office, they get relegated yeah. to TV again. Yeah. So it's like, it let is alone like, a critical disaster like bait. God. Yeah. So like, it's, it is nice that he was able to like kind of, make you know make lemonade from lemons he was able to yeah. turn it around somehow man and yeah it's our to our, our bet to our benefit because yeah this to movie our... is a real treat folks this is a real treat so trend day apparently is no longer on bet plus it's no longer on any of the streaming services you got to rent it mm-hmm. um it's on it's also on all the physical formats this one has never been out of print this one's always been readily available almost an instant classic from its release on uh, October 5th, 2001, I would say. Yeah. Um, I texted Patrick a few photos. I have the original Snapper Case DVD still. 
of training day. I have not upgraded. I just hung on to this one. Um, That's an that and is I, an old I, school. I shared some photos of the artwork and the DVD menu screen with and Patrick. A burger. A, <laughs> yes, I ordered a burger while watching it to really <laughs> give the full ex the full experience needed for this. <laughs> like, I, I had, but did you notice I had a salad instead of fries? Which Ooh, I think was an American mistake. <laughs> American mistake number one. I see. I thought that was good accoutrement. I thought that was like, wow, this 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 burger. There's gonna be a lot of like lettuce on this. Yeah, yeah no, it was a salad. It was a side salad. And I have to admit, I opened it because they sent ke like individual ketchups and like a ranch in Ooh. the the bag. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's like they thought I was getting fries. I thought I, everyone thought I was getting fries. And yet on DoorDash, I apparently did not click the one essential button to get French fries, which is fries mm. instead of side salad. <laughs> and I felt like a better person, like a better adult human being by mm -hmm. having a side salad. But I have to admit, as I'm watching a hamburger classic. Yeah. I wanted those fries. I wanted those fries. Those fries. Yeah. You must have felt like Alonzo Harris when he saw Jake Hoyt. Like I know. I was expecting a, a fry of a man and I get this salad. I know. I got a salad, man. And I get like, this human man, salad. I get this human salad. Ugh. <laughs> Is that what we are? Like, are we human salads? Probably better for society, but it's like not as not as good for my overall plan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need a French fry here. I need a. I know. I need a real. I need a real so, chicken nugget. I really like the burger at this place. It's in our neighborhood. It's this like pub called Basin Forty One. I like mm. their burger. They do shoestring fries. Give me steak mm. fries. I'm Ooh, a steak I fry. I love steak fries. I, I like that's that's where I stand. I just. I'm with the. I feel like steak fries get a lot of crap. They're the best fry. I'm they are the I'm best a, fry. I, I, I am. Oh man, like like a like a Red Robin or a to, original Tommy's steak fry. I know. Ooh la la. I ooh la la indeed. Or crinkle cut. I would have taken those as well. Like Shake Shack crinkle cuts. I will say, um, word around town is the best fries in Los Angeles. Uh, for the win, for the win burger. Really, uh, the one in Glendale. Yeah, uh, it's okay. in Glendale, and it's also in on uh, it's in it's on Franklin. It's like in walking distance from uh, UCB Franklin. Oh, really? And it's like apparently like, and it's like it's like this where is, I think it's like where this Kettle is very important details to our listeners across this is the good, country. This is good <laughs> burger for all you burger heads out there. For all you fry babies. Uh, okay, I'm burger. gonna order. I'm gonna order because I saw for the win is now in my the Glendale one is in my region. Ooh, to order it. from so i'm gonna um make that happen uh, my favorite fries are um obviously the ye rustican mm, rustican I've also never, my favorite wings i've never been to rustican i need to it's like the one big everyone says rustican's the best and i've just I'm oh the, those wings can blow your mind man oh, they're mind blowers i need to yeah. i'm trying to i'm trying to be a healthy boy right now it's tough i'm getting call. back on that I'm getting back on that train, but like, uh, once, uh, once, uh, old healthy boys, you know, once the, 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 you know, the, I reach that goal, it immediately, uh, came into immediately, my... then I'll feel comfortable just uh, failing completely. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go right to, I call those people, you're gonna get used to broccoli. No, no, no. I doubt it. I doubt nice it. Nice try. It Not doesn't, used it to it doesn't taste, it doesn't taste as good. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I put that. Is it I going pizza? Like, Sorry. Like, yeah, I was thinking you could become a healthy boy after that pizza you brought over. Oh, the counselor. God. Dark, and I yeah, had leftover, the... leftovers for like four days after. Because like, It is like one slice it's... at a time. It's in that the most massive, insane pizza. That is, yeah. Shout out, by the way. Uh, when I went to pick up that pizza, you know who was there uh, giving that pizza? Nick! Nick Eliafon! Former guest. Beloved former guest. He's a pizza man. He's a pizza man. So, training day. A lot of great uh, Los Angeles sights and sounds. How about mm-hmm. that for a transition? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I was surprised. I was so pumped when they went to the Pacific Dining Car. I was like, I've been there. That yes. was a fun place to go have a dinner. I enjoyed Ooh. that restaurant. I love. I loved. Uh, like zonked out Hoyt looking at his like glass of wine in the kids' table while all the big yeah. boys are talking. All the big boys are having talking business. Talking yeah. business. So, um, yeah, we're gonna spoil Training Day. We got to probably crown get all the way through it um mm-hmm. obviously this is when patrick and i had seen before i didn't see it until it came out on video i did not see it originally theatrically did you i uh, i did not but i watched it like a couple times like on video like i uh i remember like i have a memory of like getting all my friends together and we were just deciding what to do and i was like let's watch training day and so- <laughs> yeah. and all my high school friends staying out and watching get we the had boys get the boys together yeah. um yeah this is like almost a Exactly comparable to um, Pirates of the Carib, my Pirates of the Caribbean screening, where it was like similar time period, mm-hmm. and it was one of those ones that came out. Everyone was like, "This is actually really great," and it got all the like award talk and stuff like that. And I was a little like, "Yeah, I don't know." Then I rented it, and I was like, "Yeah, everyone was right. This was great. <laughs> like, what a what yeah, a terrific a movie." Banger. Bought it on DVD in like O two. 21 years later, it still sits on my shelf, as shown to Patrick. And, you know, I would say it looked good. It didn't yeah. have, it didn't look like all digitized or it like despite not being in HD, it looked really nice. Like it held up. I couldn't believe it. It is an aesthetically I pleasing film. I don't feel the need to upgrade from my old shitty DVD. Like, I'm wow. like... I was like, I'm okay. I think this is okay. Like, and that's some like of them I've watched. Ca- yeah, some of them I watched recently, like like Body of Lies. I watched on DVD, and it didn't look as good as this. So, good on you, Snapper Case One. I'll have to like look at my. I've got the Matrix, and I have LA Confidential. I think those are my two surviving Snapper Case titles. Mm. I'll take a look to see how bad or how good those still look. Yeah, that was definitely the worst. Uh, I would say Snapper Case was the worst form. It, of yeah, case. I'm sure that like in ten years there'll be some sort of Zoomer nostalgia that we got to get our hands <laughs> on this. Like how I like want to get my hands on like the big boxes for VHS. Like oh, I got to get my hands on that ten to midnight big box. It's only twenty five bucks on eBay. Yeah, I got to get that bucks like on that... Eve one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to get that like a two that two VHS Titanic set. Yeah. Was is it, yeah? There, it was such a weird format. And I remember the um, like Warner Brothers. The worst thing that they would do, they it was on Boogie Nights and on Goodfellas. You had to flip the disc. Mm-hmm. So like, and I remember on Goodfellas, it's like right when Joe Pesci shoots Michael Imperioli. Spider, it's when you have to like get up and flip no, the disc. I was like, a better place to do I that. I don't know, like. 
Goodfellas is not a film you like. There's no intermission. Like half the fun of Goodfellas, it's like it's like freight train speed. Like, yeah, there's no... it's two like two hours and twenty minutes long, and it feels like a like ten minutes on cocaine. Like yeah, it's how well, how well any, that movie moves. Any pause will immediately feel jarring. There is unfortunately no like yeah. There's no language. There's no period where it makes sense to like you know. Go out and get some popcorn. We'll be back. Yeah, in a yeah. Like at Boogie Nights, it's like you could do it like after spoiler. <laughs> William H Macy rings in the eighties. We'll yeah, put it that way. This <laughs> <laughs> is New Year's. This uh... <laughs> New Year's resolution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh, it's like boy. If the seventies were a good time, the eighties are not going to be as good of a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things get a little, a little dicier. Uh, a little less. Nicier. less little less good of a t- boy that entire sequence where like they're in the limo with roller girl and don Cheadle's buying donuts and dirk is like in the um truck with that guy like is there grimmer like no. 10 minutes of time for like that many characters all at once like- it's a truly harrowing it is so like yeah where everyone ends up and then and, and then the you PK have is like we're going to go to this firework drug deal sequence, which is one of the greatest, like, one of the greatest things he's ever put together. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the just, like, him, Thomas, God, Thomas Jane, oh, too. Thomas so Jane good. is so awesome, but, like, not a Boogie Nights pocket, but when he holds on Dirk Diggler, just staring, like, mouth-breathing, dead-eyed, like, for that extended period of time, you're like, yeah, he even dumbass Dirk Diggler is realizing perhaps my life has not gone in the direction I I had hoped it was going to go. Yeah, that's a real, did I screw up? Am I? Oh, this is like, oh boy, I, I did not really picture I was ever going to be sitting in this shitty couch, like the yeah. hottest of couches. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that, like, this guy who seemed seemingly, you know, kind of a bit of a party animal, but this guy I met at a party would potentially be the unmaking of my life. This... Yeah, and bring me and my lovable doofus friend Reed Rothschild along for the walk. Yeah. Oh, this Brace. guy wants to do is do magic. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so training day. We're going to mm-hmm. get back to this finally. Training day is, let's start with the screenwriter. Uh, screen written by David Iyer. Ooh. Now, David Iyer is an interesting guy. Um, mm-hmm. Born in Champaign, Illinois in January of 1968, making him 55 oh. years young at this point. Uh, he um, was kicked out of his parents' house as a teenager. And he gives off the vibe of perhaps a guy who maybe had a, gotten a little bit of action as a kid. Yeah, he's a little bit rough and tumble. He has that he, energy. Yeah, and I think he likes that. I think that's kind of his brand. Yeah, that, if you will, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a hundred percent his brand. That's like, yeah, and, I think that's how he's been able to stay around as long as he has. Is he's like, I'm the tough guy. Yeah, I'm the tough guy. So he ended up um, in his middle, his kind of middle school, high school era. He ended up living in South Central Los Angeles with a cousin, which added to ex- quite a bit, obviously, to his experiences, which came out in a lot of his like film work uh yeah. ended up joining the navy and was in the huh. navy as well um and his first uh script actually comes out of his navy experience was that he wrote u571 oh um, which is a tidy little picture 
from the year 2000 submarine movie with Matthew that McConaughey was... and Harvey Keitel. There was like a period in the early 2000s when America caught submarine fever again. Like there was <laughs> this one, the it... Catherine Bigelow one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and below. <laughs> and below. And then, um, of course, recently, Tom Hanks tried to bring it back, I believe, with that Greyhound movie, which yeah. I, I never saw. It may, may I, not hey, is that a may movie? Not, I don't know. May not, have even, about... may not have even been around about submarines, as far as I know. I thought it was, but maybe I'm wrong. Hey, if you tell me there's a movie uh, directed by Tom Hanks called Greyhound, the only thing I'm thinking is, is this a story about the damn bus? How yeah. the bus oh, got made? Some cranky old guy is taking a long bus journey. Mm. And he meets a variety of interesting multicultural fun <laughs> characters along the way who maybe lighten him up a bit. What the, what that the... is a Tom Hanks that's a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like get on the bus but without yeah. like the relevance and it's like the 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 the, the greater scope oh, and we, like we, civil we, rights. We, we find out he's going to go visit his daughter who he is not talked to in many many years and he doesn't want to but it's like she's getting married or something oh we sold this movie done yeah tom hanks movie put it on netflix right now sold. yeah put it on apple plus so no one apple can see plus. it yeah no one no one will know it ever it may never have been real that could have been a real thing i just told you about yeah it probably happened that probably you know that's a sequel to larry crown yeah that's larry larry clown too down to crown down to crown <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Larry Crown is back. <laughs> and folks, he's got... It's like uh, it opens with uh, like, uh, I feel good. Da, 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 da. Like, America's favorite character, Larry Crown, yeah, has returned. A guy you definitely remember many details about beyond the uh, scooter and being played by Tom Hanks. <laughs> You love him, America. He remember in 2008 when America caught crown fever. Yeah, a movie that definitely was real. That definitely, like he was, you didn't dream it. <laughs> the movie that helped helped America heal again. Yeah. Uh. So in um 2001, David Iyer though has a double dose. Mm. He writes Training Day, which kind of establishes him as a almost a tourist screenwriter mm -hmm. but he's also one of the writers on the first fast and furious films which Ooh. is uh, of course we're living in that fever dream to this day <laughs> hey look we should there is like Okay, now that you say that, never made that connection before. There is a little bit of, there's still a little bit of like a, the the tiniest a bit of that air. Oh, I'm almost positive this spec script for Training Day was being passed around, and David R was brought in as like the fifth writer on Fast and the Furious to kind of spice it up with like um like local authenticity. Yeah, basically. give it a yeah. guarantee. Definitely, he didn't he didn't originate the story. Because frankly, oh, yeah. the year of the first Fast and Furious, that story wasn't originated in a film called Point Break. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> set. You know, 10 years before this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it is 100% just uh, instead of planes and stuff, it's cars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, For surfing or whatever. Let's yeah. be honest. It's the exact same thing. A lot less sexy, though. <laughs> but, yeah. It, well, you can't beat. Uh, you can't yeah. yeah there's just no it's like don't get me wrong love my boy vin diesel 
But it's Who like, is? yeah. But I mean, Swayze. Come on, no. Keanu. No. Come on, they can't. No. He, these these yeah. men can't be. These are men who can't be topped. No, I mean, yes. and at the peak of their like otherworldly gorgeousness. Yeah, at their like <laughs> at their at their first peaks. Like at Keanu's like first. Keanu's like, definitely like first peak of like Keanu's like seems like. He's like floated down with like, where are your angel wings? Yeah, <laughs> he's a hundred percent. He's an angel in America. Yeah, oh, he's beautiful. Be- like, and Swayze just to his peak, like weird, zen, like dancer action hero kind. Of yeah, what a wild niche that man carved for himself for I know. a period of time. Like, like from Roadhouse to this one, you're just like, this is a. This is a man working in a different plane. He's like an action star, but he's like so weirdly like feels like it's like Buddhist. Like I don't really actually want to fight. <laughs> yeah, it is. He's everything Seagal wanted to be. How about that? That's a great. Keep a pin in that. We might need to <laughs> remember. I that. might, uh, you know, for the listeners down the line, uh, maybe that will come back to that. Yeah. I don't know, but like that's a really. I'm gonna write that down because that is like <laughs> a good. That's a good comparison. So, um, but David R. Like, so he makes this movie, which I've never seen, which I really want to see. It's um, L.A. Riots film called Dark Blue. Uh, oh, wow. 2002. Ron Shelton of White Men Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed it, written by David Iyer, story by James Elroy, starring Ooh. Kurt Russell. And That's Kurt Russell's a... like the dirty cop in this one. And there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I've never saw it. I want to see it. Uh, David Iyer was one of the writers on SWAT, the Colin Farrell, Sam Jackson one, which um, I like. I have seen that. I like that movie. Jeremy Renner is really good as the bad guy in that Ooh. movie. It's an early Renner for all you Renner heads out there. Mm. Um, he wrote and directed this film called Harsh Times, which, which Christian Bale uh, is the uh, heavy in that one. <laughs> I never saw that, but it's like way more in like the like what you expect from David Iyer. He wrote, he directed. But oddly, didn't write because James Elroy was a co-writer on this one. Street Kings, where like Keanu Reeves is the dirty cop. Ooh, I've always wanted to see Street Kings. I know I had a pass to see it when it came out, and I, for some reason, didn't make the screening. But it's like, look at this. Look who's this cast who's in this. Forrest Whitaker, Hugh Laurie, Doctor House himself. Man, yeah, Chris, Chris Evans, Captain America, <laughs> Common, and the game are all in it. Like, what an another like. So he's just like making his like bones with these like he's like we kind of talked about before he came on. He's trying to be the movies James Elroy and a like mm-hmm. modern version of it. Like he does like the '90s to the 2000s. El- right like the dark side of the LA police department kind of Mm -hmm. movies and the dark side of LA. Basically he's like an LA filmmaker tried and true. Oh, really quickly. Just have to say this before we leave. Yeah. You know who is in street Kings? Uh, Former chief of police, Daryl Gates. 
so yes, this gets along the lines of the exact same conundrum of um crazy J- James Elroy, which is does David Iyer hate the cops or does he love the cops? Like, like so which hard. is an interesting, very interesting thing. This makes for, to my opinion, interesting art. Yeah, because it's like not letting us know. Because like I don't. Both on the liberal and conservative side of things, it's really, really boring if you just state your case over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Shades of gray and ambiguity are much more interesting. Is are his movies reactionary, or are they actually radical? Good question. I don't mm. know the answer. A little yeah, bit it is. Who is to say? Ambiguous. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even. I don't know if David knows. I, I don't know I, if he, I don't know if he knows either. I think you're right. Because uh, yeah, 2012, and, he makes perhaps his magnum opus as a writer director, which is End of Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen End of Watch? No, I've heard good things though. End of Watch is an interesting one. Um, it's shot like a lot on like the body cams and stuff like that. It like oh. takes a lot of like. Um, it tries to get like really, really ground level, but mm-hmm. it's also like. In like in this one, of course, and of course, our dude. <laughs> when when Jake Gyllenhaal sees an opportunity to put the pedal to the metal, and uh, like really play something, <laughs> he uh, he takes it because there's no actor who I like him, but I also think he really tries hard. He's he, his try hard side is mm-hmm. very like present. He isn't like. When he does Nightcrawler, it isn't this naturally creepy goof like Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver or something right. like that. Uh, it's like this like punk who's really trying hard to Ooh. show you how good of an actor he is. And in this one, he's like j- like jacked and chiseled and shaved head. Like like I'm gonna play like the insane dirty cop or like intense <laughs> cop guy in this one. And in Michael Pena plays the like good cop who's like watching Jake kind of like take things too far. Ooh. But we're kind of also um sympathetic to both of them in this one. This is a very kind of like boy it's tough to be a cop kind right. of movie. It was okay. I didn't love it as much as everyone else did. I thought it was a little it was like the exact opposite of my training day Pirates of the Caribbean experience. I was like, oh that was fine. Like, yeah, it's I mean, like to watch it again though too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's so funny. I think David Ayer is definitely a filmmaker, though, that has this, like, base. And mm-hmm. there's a certain type of person that, like, really vibes, like, grocks with... Oh, God, I can't believe I just said grok. But, like, you know, like, uh, yeah. like really connects to, like, his movies on some sort of deeper... Like, the person yeah. who, like, loves Fury. and like Yes. Yeah, so that was 2014. He does Sabotage, which I've never seen, with has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Ooh. Which That's... apparently is a very like Schwarzenegger's playing like the dirty cop kind of like on the edge. I love I've, that. I want to see it. I've heard it's actually so... quite nasty and quite like in poor taste, which makes me want to see it even more. <laughs> like... Also, like I love, I love the the suspension of disbelief you have to have. Like once, like Schwarzenegger is playing a dirty cop. Like that's so in this Austrian bodybuilder man. I'm, I'm sold. I, I, I I'm see sold. this. I'm totally sold. I want to. Yeah, it's like Schwarzenegger, like trying to do like 
like it was post governor Schwarzenegger, so he's like trying to and he's trying to get in like an like an edgy movie or something. Like I love it. I love every yeah. bit of it. I want to see it. Uh twenty fourteen he also does Fury, which is maybe one of his other most famous maybe his mm-hmm. other magnum opus. I like Fury a lot. <laughs> like yeah. gonna, oh, great I saw John the theater. Burnthal. Yeah, I like I like Fury completely. Like yeah, it's a no fun issues movie. with Fury's. Like I think it's really good. Like yeah, think... it's kind of like a sillier uh, Saving Private. You yeah. know, it's just like yeah, it's just yeah. A... It's more like if you thought Saving Private Ryan was a little too sensitive and not macho enough, mm-hmm. folks, I give you Fury. Like <laughs> if you wanted to see uh, that guy, what if uh, what if uh, <laughs> what if uh, Brad Pitt's character in Inglorious Bastards was a little more Jokerified? There you go. Yeah, Fury. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like Fury, but then um, so he come Fury is like pretty decent, like does pretty well, kind of gets like a little more mainstream talk. Even so, I think there seems like Oscar. Yeah, type, uh, thoughts, thoughts. I mean, Brad Pitt's <laughs> in it, so it's like it's a big deal. That mm-hmm. I mean, like it's a big, yeah, you know, it's a big movie. So in 2016 and 2017, though, David Iyer directs In Succession. Suicide Squad, and this movie called Bright. Oh man, Bright! It's a Netflix movie with Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. <laughs> it like, looks like to me like Alien Nation. I don't know. Like, it, I don't remember it's, Alien dude, Nation. Dude, it's it's straight up just Alien Nation, but instead of like aliens, it's like it's fairies and goblins. It's ludicrous. It's if you I never a- saw it. Never wanted to see it. I'm a Joel Edgerton head. We just talked about. Uh, we just well, Joel is of course in the Master Gardener, which we're not going to talk about for the show, but you know, love. Oh, it's a Max Landis script. Too. Yeah, it's a Max Land. That's the big. That's the key. It's a Max Landis joint. Uh, that's a key element to all of this. Boy, imagine being somebody and like getting pitched by that dipshit. Oh God! And like falling hook, line, and sinker for any of these crappy, like high concept ideas he put Ma- out there. America's most annoying fail son, Max I Landis, know, who uh, like turned out to be a total like shocker of all shockers, yeah, total creepo, like and just a total yeah, just a as if the writing was it was if the writing wasn't on the wall on that one. God, I remember, I remember he was like. There was like an interview where he's like, "Yeah, Bright's like my ticket." He was just like, he was just like bragging that, like, "Yeah, Bright's my meal ticket, man." There's gonna be sequels. There's gonna be a Bright universe. I'm looking at the Bright poster right now. I'm like, yeah, I, I feel bad for Joel Edgerton, and I never want to see this movie. <laughs> like, it's bad. It's a dumb. And it's just, it's so outside the box. Like, and I know it's like David and I are trying to like, basically, like, kind of step up. To kind of the big lit, you know, like we kind of talk, you know, and this is around that time where like getting the dough for his like the end of watches of the world was getting tougher mm-hmm. and that kind of deal. But I think it kind of tanked him a bit. Yeah. Like his mo, it killed his momentum. And I know that there are people out there who think that there's a Snyder cut of Suicide Squad. There's an air cut. Yeah. That, that is there's a- an air cut. People are talking themselves into movies that they were disappointed by, that there's some sort of magical cut out there that will sur- that will make everything about it that they dreamt of better. It's not going to help fill the it's hole, not bro. Gonna, not gonna, sometimes things just stink, and I'm sorry. That's like the glory of movies. It's the glory yeah. of movies that sometimes you can have all the pieces that you think are going to work, and it just doesn't. Sorry. Uh, Beautiful. Move on. Move on. There's other movies. Watch 
Watch the Bone Collector. Just yeah, I know, which yeah. doesn't really work either. Like, no, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's not, not a great movie <laughs> either. Movie. Like, but hey, better than Suicide Squad. You got to start. You know, you got to yeah. work your way up. And <laughs> these have fans like, you know, Jen, who hates all superhero movies, loves the Margot Robbie um, Harley Quinn, and has oh, followed yeah. and has followed her. She's watched them all because she liked that one character. Like, it's and funny... I remember watching it. I thought she was very good in a movie that I did not like. She is. The, I, you can find that kind of stuff. I think the thing with David Ayer is he has like a very specific like niche, and he has like a, and it's like it's cool because he has he brings like his like you mm-hmm. know kind of like well, the he's world. The only that, guy who does it. He's yeah. like we listed off all these movies. He's made a bunch of these kind of L.A. street movies. Yeah. No, good. And, good and, for him. Yeah, There's... and then but the, but then when he leaves that, like it can work sometimes. Like he he did it with Fury. I think it's just like. Here's the thing, Air Buddy. You don't have to do fantasy stuff. Don't no. let don't let Hollywood put you. Some people are not made for fantasy. Look at no. uh, I know everyone likes. I know this movie has a cult. Michael Mann's The Keep, his second mm. movie, the, the Nazi Ghost Hunter movie, the Nazi Gollum movie. I mean, I'm it's interesting. You know, There's some interesting some interesting stuff in there, and everyone's like, "Michael, May- why does he why does he like not talk about this movie? Why does he not want to even revisit it? Why is it so hard to find? He doesn't like it. It's not him. Like, it's not him. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It was like it sounds like he had an Alien Three situation. Yeah, it, the same deal. David Fincher yeah. should never go to space. No, David Fincher's made for like suburban people behaving really, really badly. Or like mm-hmm. people like behaving like serial killer movies. It, he's really, really good at like murder movies. Like, yeah, he found his lane, and it's good to stay. And don't get me wrong, I like it when people stretch. Don't get me wrong, but like you know, Alexander Payne, he doesn't need to do a Spider Man. We're fine. And no. <laughs> Alexander Payne is actually very aware of that. <laughs> yes, he is. Like, oh, is this movie about a kind of grumpy professor? Send it, send it, send it, Alexander's way. His way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this is this movie about uh, Wolverine and his friends? Uh, send it to someone else. Give it to Mangold. Unless yeah. like Wolverine is like saying to himself, "Boy, like life really like that novel I wrote is just sitting there." <laughs> I need Paul Giamatti as Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> like it's just like I've got the, like I'm trying to write on my typewriter because I don't like computers. Mm-mm, no way. But I, a... my claws keep getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> How will I be known as the American Nosgard? Yeah, no. Turns out Wolverine <laughs> has a brother who's a really successful novelist and it just gets in his craw. <laughs> Played by John Turturro. Like... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like no, just another guy. I love it. Um, so in 2020, David Arrow returns with a movie called The Tax Collector, which... Mm is about like two enforcers working for Los Angeles crime lords. It sounds about right. Unfortunately, one of those enforcers was played by Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, this movie came out like the day Tom Hanks got COVID, <laughs> which basically <laughs> shut down the entire universe. <laughs> so I don't think anyone ever saw The Tax Collector. Yeah, and that was that's... That. That's in the dustbin. Sorry, bud. In the dustbin of the universe. Yeah. Uh, David Ayer's next movie is a th- action film called The Beekeeper, mm-hmm. starring Jason Statham. Okay. This sounds like it's probably We're... going to like 
be a little more what we expect. Yeah, I hope he can navigate this uh, streaming because I I don't want like you know it, it'd be a shame if like I feel like uh, so many like interesting directors their movies get kind of like flattened in this world of streaming. I hope he doesn't lose like the mm-hmm. that ju- the juice that kind of the juice that made him interesting. Yeah, and I think that that's getting back to the topic of this the movie. You know, one of the big things about this movie is the like specificity Mm -hmm. of it like you could picture like you know this being done in atlanta or something and them claiming it's very like all of these elements that they would bring to like a streamer would bring to this today what makes this movie so special is like pointing out the locations and like seeing them like drive through very real things all the entire movie like, oh, yeah. It's like this is a LA movie. This is something that these dipshits at the streamers don't understand. Yeah. Like th- this is like half the fun of watching movies is like, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. Like Yeah, yeah like you people don't realize like like this what you happens with the screen, like the green screen, like you lose that local texture when everything gets fucking flattened. It's another case of flattening by mm. streaming and whatnot and the advent of like modern cgi dependent filmmaking like so much of fun of the fun of this movie is like seeing a side of a city that is usually not really that's the light is usually not shined on yeah. like seeing like the, the the industrial elements of small homes that were made in like the 50s kind of like yes and oh, like man. they're like oh we're like rogers house is an echo park they go visit those guys the pacific dining car uh ava mendez's apartment is in this very like specific neighborhood in los angeles that most people who are paying money to go see training day have never been to yeah like guarantee. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, yesterday I watched three movies. I watched The French Connection, which is obviously like a peak 1970 New York. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, texture, ooh. baby, texture. Then I watched this insane movie from 1989 called Call Me, which is part of the Criterion Channel erotic thrillers section. Ah. But it's 1989 New York. And they're like cro- in Brooklyn and they're like crossing streets and they're like doing chase scenes and like getting sexy. They go to this place called the Polish bar. It has no other name other than called. It's called the Polish bar. And it gets, I got to You got to see this movie just so you and I could keep saying, it, are you going to be at the Polish bar later? Like they say a million times in this movie. I love the Polish bar. But it's so like and it's like got a young Steve Buscemi as a bad guy named Switchblade. Ooh. worth it for just that folks but it's like so like 1989 new york then you watch this they're driving around this is 2000 los angeles <laughs> time capsule like yeah to a t it's 100%. awesome yeah it rules it's yeah. a and that, that and that's the benefit of movies you get a screenshot of an era that you'll never yes be able to witness yourself ever again yeah or if you're young how cool like it's the only way to time travel yeah like you watch like um the original naked city from the 40s shot on the streets of new york you actually see new york you watch sweet smell of success you see new york like all this groovy stuff that is just impossible to see ever again yeah it is that is like genuinely yeah that yeah. is like the depth 
that that alone validates uh, the necessity of cinema, and yeah. not just the necessity necessity of cinema, the necessity of like shot on location, homegrown. None of this fucking yeah, because like the CGI, it's just fucking it's filler. It's like fucking. It's like right. It's like uh, oats and grains and the beef. It's just. Well, it's like these. All of these, like the tech people, they're like absolute desire not to live in this world. Uh, it's really weird. Guess what this world is, man? Beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. In man. all of its warts and all, it is a beautiful place. And like visiting it and seeing different things, it's cool, man. Yeah. It's. And all these dopes who think that you want to live in a video game. You'd, I don't. <laughs> like, no, I'll speak get out myself. of Halo. Get out yeah. of the world of Halo. Get out of like yeah, t- touch grass. Yes, and I don't. And like, video games are fun and have their they serve their purpose and they are art. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, but they are not movies and they are not the real world. <laughs> no, we weed reality. There's like you know, in the same way that like, you know, like, yeah, we just yeah, 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 yeah. So glorious. So um. This is a script I could imagine, though. This script crossing your desk, and you're saying, "Man, well written, mm-hmm. specific, and two very hot leading roles Ooh. for top of the line actors of two different ages." Denzel Washington, the master of the old guy young guy dynamic, as we saw in Unstoppable recently, yeah. <laughs> among other films, um, or the two hander, as we saw in like American Gangster with him and Russell Crowe, like. We like seeing him paired with somebody. Mm-hmm. But Denzel was not the original choice. Did you know that? No. If you can believe it. So, script's going around. It ends up in the hands of director Davis Guggenheim. It's the original Wait. director. Yes. Wait, is that the fucking dude who directed... The Inconvenient Truth guy. What? Yeah. <laughs> and a bunch of weird, like, neoliberal docs. <laughs> like... Superman or whatever. Yeah, Waiting the one Superman? about uh, how he likes his rich kids' charter school. Like, yeah, yeah, the one that like uh, that uh, you know prominently featured Michelle Ree, who would eventually get like in trouble for uh, uh, for for playing the boy for messing up a score test scores. She, yeah. I think, like gotten there was a scandal. You know, she was like, "Oh, these charter schools are great; they're working perfectly." And then a few years later, yeah. turned out she was cooking the books a little bit. Oh yeah, like yeah, go to yeah, like. Come on. Also dated a uh, basketball, like the mayor of Sacramento. Yeah, she was with Kevin Johnson, the yeah. basketball player. Yeah. Crazy. So also the mayor. Of, yes, also the oddly the mayor of Sacramento. <sighs> Thinking that these people are smart and being disappointed is not a new thing, folks. The youth of who are like, I can't believe this is going on in politics. It's always been like this. Oh, yeah. Always been about grifters. Like, sorry, hate from to the, tell you, from the first, you know, people that came here in powdered wigs to this yes. very, it's this, it's grifter, ocean of grifters, baby. And as they said, it dazed to confused. And never forget what the what it at the bicentennial is all about. It's a celebration of a bunch of rich white men who did not want to pay their taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turns <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Has anything changed? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> they might as well be the Tom Berenger character in this movie, the Founding Fathers. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yes. 
So Davis Guggenheim, who has like had a massive, like done just a ton of documentaries, a ton of TV, like you name it, is somehow attached to direct this film uh, with, get this, the original casting, Samuel L. Jackson as Alonzo Harris and Matt Damon as Jay Coit. You can see both, but actually, I think they got to the right place. I think Matt Damon is a little too cocky and a little too confident and a little too much of, frankly, a movie star to <laughs> a leading man. Yeah. he. De- I don't think Matt Damon is actually like. He's like not like Brad Pitt, where he's like character actor in a leading man's body. Matt Damon is a leading man. A hundred percent. Yeah, you know, he's he, he's a regular, quote unquote, regular guy, mm-hmm. leading man. But he is a leading man. He plays the he's the star. Yeah, he's the star, and he's also the um. He, I feel like, yeah, he's. I think he's just not willing to like. Uh, I think there's like a light that he likes to see himself in, and he doesn't yes. need to like, yeah, and it doesn't have to be. Although I guess it changed, he changes his tune later on in life. I guess. I mean, he's the... like he's brilliant in a movie like The Informant, where he is playing a very gray character. But I think he's having fun, and I think he's also um, Steven Soderbergh's a real yeah actors, actors whisperer. <sighs> like he can get guys to do things that make them look very bad. <laughs> underrated movie that is like one yeah, of the very great good movie very yeah, good movie. what a great performance like a movie yeah that uh should be in the zeitgeist more it's just a perfect film so um but soon enough denzel washington became attached to play mm-hmm. detective alonzo harris mm. and he requested almost immediately to have davis guggenheim replaced i don't nice. know my guess is that davis guggenheim did not have the juice yeah. That Denzel Washington was lo- looking for. I think he's looking for a. Because at this point, I was looking at it and Guggenheim had done a bunch of TV, some minor movie stuff, but hadn't really like done a big studio picture. Right. I, I also frankly think that this movie did not need a Ivy League educated, like, dude. Like a like, fucking a guy who would be like at home in the Simpsons writings writers room, like it looks like. Yeah, you know I mean? like, like not like that. Like he's like fit for that. This but like that, like that got, level of education think, and pedigree, I, rather. I, yeah, I think he'd need just a different background, a different style, a different attitude. Someone who's a little more tender, maybe. Yeah, um, and so they ended up with Antoine Fuqua, who you know we've talked a little bit about his background, whether it be kind of growing up in not the you know let's call it yeah. the modern family upper class yeah he's not yeah he is not you know, like hey his uncle is not tan he's <laughs> a guy who he's a bootstrap guy you know he fought yeah. you know fought his way he's, up learn he but he's like an intelligent smart great filmmaker too he's friendly with a lot of like due to his background and doing like hip-hop videos and that kind of thing he i mean he did the gangster's paradise video like you know he yes. knows this milieu Mm-hmm. Let's a little bit more. So yeah. he, it, great choice for this. And, you know, so they need, so Antoine Fuqua was in and Denzel Washington's in. We need a, we need detect Officer Jake, not detective, big, big deal. Officer Jake Hoyt, the other co lead of this movie. So apparently they looked at Eminem as well 
after Matt Damon. Uh, that'd be interesting. I don't think this movie would have no survived to the standard bearer it is today. If yeah, well, been. he's not. That's not the type of role Eminem should be. Like, that's if what, anything, Emin, yeah, that's what we like to call in the business stunt casting. Yes, <laughs> yes, would have been uh, a like, massive hit. Would have been like an astronomical hit in the insane. United States in 2001. <laughs> but um, he just do Eight Mile, which is a very interesting movie in its own right. Curtis Hansen, who I like, directed that movie. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so here's a few other names that tested for the role of Jake Hoyt: Toby Maguire, <laughs> Ooh. Paul Walker, huh. Freddie Prinze Jr., huh. Ryan Phillippe, Ooh. and Scott Speedman. But That's- they. L- they landed on an actor who actually is very different from all of those. So what brings all of those guys together outside of maybe Toby Maguire is kind of um lunkish hunk yeah, of like the era. Young, <laughs> generically attractive. Like, yeah. Outside of Toby <laughs> like Toby Maguire actually probably would have been quite interesting in the role. Yeah, he's uh, like he's a the yeah. name that sticks out of that list that I would have like taken a second look at. Did you ever see the movie where he played a, uh, uh, the uh, Bobby Fisher? Yeah, Bobby Fisher. Yeah, have you ever seen that movie? I didn't uh, see that one. On sacrifice. Yeah, he's really interesting in that movie. He's like, uh, he's really good at playing. That's like the movie where I realized, oh, he can play a deranged lunatic. Yeah, I, I <laughs> think that that's his. Um, it might be his future. I think he did that in Babylon. I think he played the Albert Molina role in Babylon. I I didn't see it, but um, yeah. Oh yeah, he plays. Oh, there's a, a there's there's a big reveal. I didn't. I never saw Babylon. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Gosh! Take away his take away his movie guy card. <laughs> uh, epic movie fail of the week. Ooh! Boom! 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 Um, boom. I think so, and I saw him. Um, is so funny that him and like Lucas Hawes went to Cannes. For Killers of the Flower Moon <laughs> to hang with Leonardo DiCaprio. Like they're still, as they approach 50 years old, oh my God. doing the exact same thing they've always done. They're like, going to be doing They're going to be, gonna like be doing this... it like, yeah, they're going to be like Jack Nicholson and Lou Adler at Lakers games at like 80 years old. God, yeah, they're going to be, they're, yeah. la- they're going to be Las Vegas thing. They're going to yeah, be like, yes. Yeah. This... Except it's, oh, their Las Vegas will be directed by the Safties. Yeah, I want to see. I do want to see like the yeah the the Safties or the Cassavetes like yeah. <laughs> these, these, these. But how like is it like they're all rich and they're all very successful and one of them in particular is like extraordinarily successful. Are they happy? Who knows? Not for mm-hmm. us to know. We'll never meet them. That's the way it yeah, goes. Lucas Haas, he's all smiles. He's ha- he's having a good time. I was once um around this time around two thousand four. Mm-hmm. I said I was at a restaurant in Seattle and this the waitress she was really like coy and shy around me and I was like what's going on here and I'm like with my mom at lunch and she like goes I just have to ask are you Toby Maguire and I'm like I'm not but that's a very I will remember the story for the rest of my life. <laughs> that, that does kind of roll. Is there like a part of you that was like, what if I, I should have said, yeah, I should have said, I should have signed, signed an autograph for her. I really should have. <laughs> it's not very nice. I was being very nice to this young no, lady. No, you're a good person. <laughs> you're a good person. You did the right thing. And I would, yeah, it's, yeah, that is like, a, that's cool though. That is wild that like someone mistook you for Toby. I wonder like, 
was there something filming in town with him at the time? No, I don't know. I, I, I got, I got, I used, to, I don't know. I used to get him, and I used to get Elijah Wood a lot, mm. as like how I was a lookalike for both of them. Interesting. Yeah. I saw Elijah Wood at Descanso Garden like at Christmas time, like Ooh. earlier this year. He's the most famous person I've ever given a lift ride to. Oh, Elijah Wood. Yeah. 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 Jen's like all time Hall of Fame crush. Too. Ooh. Really? And uh, I saw him there, and I was like pushing the kid around. And I thought he was like his wife, like like a kid the exact same age. And he had the same look on his face, like, just figure this out. We got to like get some food. We got to like do all this. I was like, oh, no. yeah, you know, God bless you. Look, like, we're all in the same fight, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, it's, yeah. it's humbling. It, we're, it all, you know, at the end of the day, we I all have to clean the diapers. Like when Ryan Reynolds got his like walk of fame thing. And he's with Blake Lively, and he's holding, like, two toddlers that, that they have. And he's got this look on his face like, I'm in this three-piece suit. I'm married to this beautiful lady. I'm, like, a billionaire. I lo- I'm Ryan Reynolds. I still am, like, struggling to keep these kids calm and, like, in this big moment. One of them probably needs a diaper change. Like, all oh, this, like, elements are like, yeah. You know, fight continues, man. <laughs> yep, it'll. Yeah, you'll never. That that is a gr- the great equalizer. Children are the great equalizer. Yeah, they really yeah. are. Yeah. Children and death. <laughs> yeah, children. Yeah. Oh man, children and death. Yeah, children and death. Um, <laughs> but they end up with um, guy who I think Patrick and I would both agree is the absolute. Like sometimes these things are magical. Casting is eighty percent of making a movie, mm-hmm. and they end up with Ethan Hawke playing Officer Jake Hoyt. Yeah. And, um, you know, Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington went on to be in um, Antoine Fuqua's Magnificent Seven mm-hmm. together. And uh, Ethan has worked with um, Antoine Fuqua, of course, in <laughs> Brooklyn's Finest as well. Ooh. And, you know, he is, in my opinion, like, you know, he started off in the 90s. He's in Dead Poet Society. He's in Reality Bites. He's a hunk. He's a 90s yeah. hunk of yeah. the era. Who has turned into one of the great actors and one of the great champions of like art and acting. Well, and like, you know, Antoine Fuqua, like when he cast Ethan Hawke, he like had a four hour conversation with him mm-hmm. and was like completely like enamored. Like he was like, yeah, this guy's the real deal. Like there's yeah. a reason why like he continued to like work with Antoine. This guy know. brings he's a professional. He's a great actor. And I think he's a really good hang. Like yeah. I, so I think all of those are like oh, there. Oh, for sure. Like we've talked about it a lot. Like, you know, you see him like the way he talks about movies, the way he talks about acting. He made that. You folks out there have not watched the last movie stars. His Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward doc that he directed. That's on HBO Max or Max. Sorry, David. <laughs> Sorry, Zaslov. Max. Sorry, sorry, Mister Zaslov. <laughs> I give it. Yeah. Um, it's great, and it shows like a true passion for craft. And art and like the last of its kind, something we talk about on the show a lot, really believing in like this process that mm-hmm. it's not silly. It's actually great what no, you're doing. Yeah. And it's like and it should be treated seriously. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's this new thing on the Criterion channel, this whole method acting um, mm-hmm. block that there's a. Um, 45 minute chat with Hawk Vincent D'Onofrio and the author of this book called The Method that came out last year just about acting and people made fun of that guy Jeremy Strong 
And they shouldn't for the no. succession stuff. They shouldn't. This guy's a pro. I would work no. with him any day of the week on twice on Sunday. Yeah. Like it's like and it's not like he's like that crazy. Like who you cares? Know, yeah. You want it. Yes. You want it. You're gonna get authenticity and truth. And what are you going for? Do you want phony mm-hmm. bullshit? Do you want fucking soy jokes? No. Oh, you want real you want life, baby. I, Sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> Kill yeah, get rid of banter. Like I'm I'm done with oh man. Even like uh like I was watching uh the I watched the Spider-Man movie last mm-hmm. night. And that actually everyone loves everyone loves that. Yeah, everyone loves it, dude. America has spider fever. And that no. that does a good job of not being as bantery as like a lot of but like watching like the the trailers in ahead of it, like Blue Beetle and the it is dire. It oh, is yeah. like Ooh, you can feel you can feel souls leaving people's bodies as they watch it. Like, and I think it, there's, I think the tide's turning a bit. I think it is. I hope so. I hope. I hope. Yeah, I think that it's got to be better. I think people are gonna be demand like, you just can't shovel slop yeah. all the time, because the audiences are smarter. They are honestly smarter than the these dipshit executives think they are. And I think, yeah, I think there's going to be a reckoning, dude. I can feel it in the air. It feels, hope feels so. good, man. It um, feels good, man. But what I think Ethan Hawke is really good at is a guy who, like, if you think about his, like, his greatest performances, mm-hmm. movie like this, movie like Boyhood, movie like, obviously, First Reformed, it's a guy who the world surprises them at how do they react in a variety of ways. Like in boyhood, he starts off as like the near duel, like hanging out with a rock musician's dad, and he ends up the minivan owning guy who's trying to convince his son about how good the Beatles are. Yeah. You know, first oh, reformed, yeah. he goes in as a tried and true believing Christian man, who the world crushes. <laughs> like, and in this one, he's a ambitious guy who seems to have like, I love like the little things they sprinkle in. He was like a foot, like a high school football star. He's like mm-hmm. a rising star at the cops. Yeah. Like he's like building. He's he's got like hot young wife, <laughs> nude breastfeeding. It's yeah. just like in the, in the shadow of the moon. It's like waking up to that. You're like, man, I live a great life. Yeah. <laughs> The world's most intimidating son, like, mm-hmm. begins, like, yeah, like, and it is just, um, it is, like, crazy how, um, yeah, this whole entire movie happens in a single day. Yeah, you know, I love, you gotta love single day movies, they're, they're, they're always great, in my opinion, because it's like, it gets, gets the heat on in such mm-hmm. a big way. So, we've got our two leads, and what the story of Training Day is, it's a rather simple one. It's um, that ambitious young L.A. police officer, Jake Hoyt, who's up for promotion and is assigned to a decorated narcotics offer, officer, a lot, Detective Alonzo Harris, for a one-day evaluation. Mm-hmm. That's the basic story right. of this movie. But um, what Jake does not realize is like he's about to have a very rough day. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he just... It's so funny that it truly doesn't seem like he knows like what he's getting in. I feel like Alonzo I would think is... that Alonzo would have a reputation in the Los Angeles thinking... to place of Yeah, you'd think yeah. that like someone would like clue him in, like, like hey, this buddy, guy's, like, you're... a rough 
Like, at the very least, he's a scary man. Yeah. <laughs> he's an odd bird. You know, he's, like, always hanging out in Vegas gambling. Like, yeah, there's something up like with this he's, guy. He's got this crew of really scary dudes that he works with. Like, yeah, it's it's a little wide-eyed. And, you know, Jake, I was thinking about the ambitious quality. You know who else mm-hmm. is ambitious? Frank Serpico. Yes. 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 (laughs) The same kind of deal. Almost. 100%. Well, it's like, I think they are ambitious and uh, they are, they they both are just like naive to a fault. They do not realize. They think, despite all indications by the news, although I guess in the the opening scene, Jake does not seem to be very newspaper savvy. Mm -mm. As we learn. No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So from the jump though, he meets Alonzo at this diner and Alonzo is like working, working him, like playing him like a fiddle, man. Like, oh, man. just like dancing around him, like one step ahead of him, fucking with him, simultaneously complimenting him and putting him down. It's just everything. He's just hitting it, psychologically annihilating him in this it opening is- scene. To like everything that happens in this coffee shop, it is just him playing him like a fiddle, putting pushing every button, pulling every string properly. Just like, yeah, it's yeah. just it's an incredible scene. And already from the start, though, too, we can see like all the music video, like dopiness of bait and even replacement mm. killers to an extent. Fook was dropped. He's oh, it's shooting done. these guys straight on great conversation singles and wides and everything like that and just letting Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington play off each other. Yeah. You've got like two of the best actors in the biz and yeah. realizes you don't need you know, just let them sing and it'll be fine. And cinematographer Mauro Fiora just shoots it in this really like classy, gorgeous crisp way that is not um doesn't overdo anything but it just looks it looks like a movie yeah <laughs> you know it feels like it feels like a um it's something you would want to see on the big screen yes it doesn't feel like uh something that was hastily shot for a laptop it doesn't have that like tv movie quality that so many even films that get released today in theaters have nowadays. Yeah. It is like something with an aesthetic and a style. I think it's you even said before we were talking, it has a bit of that like uh, California sheen yeah. that we saw from the, the earlier Tony Scott's that I, I agree with you there. I appreciate that aspect of it as well. Yeah, it, it, it really, it just, it just, you feel it right away. You like being mm-hmm. here. It's just, it's got, it has a, it's really tasty. Oh yeah, he's gone on to work a bunch with people like Joe Carnahan and Peter Berg, um, two guys who are very much of the ilk that we're talking about here. Oh yeah, uh, but interestingly enough, he won the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Did you know that? For yeah, Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> and you know why he was an Avatar? It's because James Cameron saw Tears of the Sun and liked <laughs> his cinematography and was like, "I need to get this fucking guy." So without yeah. Antoine Fuqua, we don't get that Avatar look. Don't maybe get that Avatar look. But I mean, like, sad. Like now he did 
Spider-Man No Way Home and Mad- whatever Madam Web is. <laughs> like Madam <laughs> Web. Okay, we're we're getting uh, off the rails here. Uh, we're getting look, I'm I was I was fine with Venom. I was fine with Venom, you know? And then we did Morbius, and I was like, okay, maybe this will detract. But Madam Web what is Madam Web? What is what is this fifth tier character? That's like making a movie about like the Mad Hatter. Yeah, it's like this movie is called this movie is called Sandwich. It was the sandwich that Tom Holland ate in Spider Man Two. Sandwich, no way home. Sandwich, no way home. Wait, there's different sandwiches from different worlds. What if it was like a multiverse of like this? This time he's a turkey sandwich, but this time it's (laughs) it's a lady and it's a tuna salad. (laughs) Oh, look! It's the sandwich. It's the it's the jelly donut that nerd ate in Spider Man One. And this sandwich is a pastrami, and it's played by <laughs> Nicholas Cage. It's <laughs> a noir sandwich. It's exhausting. So I like Training Day, man. Just give us a movie, beginning, middle, and end. It's over. I don't want to eat anymore. I don't care. More verses. Get me out of the verses. They're talking about the. They're talking about like how could HBO end Succession? It's like no, it's done. I never even watched it. And I'm proud of them for ending it. Let it be. Let it be. End on a high note. You're done. Same thing with same thing with Barry. Yeah, they were who just, cares? Who things cares? can it's be done. finished. That's great. It's beautiful. Ooh. That's life. That goes back to the guarantees of life, children and death. Like, yeah. These are gonna end. Your your favorite your favorite your favorite little show mm-hmm. is not going to go on in perpetuity. Yeah. Oh man, okay. rem- that's okay. Totally. And it's like and I'm all for nostalgia and trying to but like, yeah, just let it go. You can move on to new things. It can, and let writers let the next David Ayer show up. Let the next, yeah, whoever the guy did the uh, Succession, you know, let hit, like what is he gonna do next? Let cool. yeah, what p- poor John Watts trapped in like a <laughs> the 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 most gilded of cages and incredible. Well, like, seems don't get like me wrong. he um, I think he cracked. Because I think he was going to do another one. He's like, I can't do this, man. Like, you, oh, he's going to do Fantastic Four or something. He bailed. Like, he was like, I can't, like. Good. He's, but now he's doing this insane, like, Clooney Brad Pitt movie that's on yeah. Apple that's coming coming out next year. Man. I mean, I, I'd be fascinated. It'd be interesting. I'm curious. Like, you know, Cop Car was, in a, is an, was an interesting film. No. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hopefully he can like you know hopefully he doesn't go uh john i'm giving you my energy buddy don't go full trevorrow i trust you yeah Good luck. that's tough like, man it's tough it's tough out there for a filmmaker yeah it's 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 uh, quentin tarantino getting to design his own demise is a very rare thing what a treat! Yeah, what yeah. A treat. Usually, what that a is treat. yeah at the hands of someone else. Ninety-five percent of the time, that is like out of your reach. Yeah, completely. Yeah, very few people are that fortunate, and most people are just trying to find the next gig. Yeah. Thus, the writer strike and all this. Kind of... oh, just trying okay. to hang on yeah. tight. Yep. But like one of the joys of Training Day is just the movie ass singular original. Like I just want to see this adventure between this group. Yeah, so this two hours in and out feels good. Beginning, mm-hmm. middle, and end. Uh, and that's what this movie is. It's just like basically we're watching Alonzo continue to reveal them. Him, his second, his second test for Jake, for instance, mm-hmm. 
is that um he uh he oh they they they, they jack a couple of college kids for their weed <laughs> oh, one yeah, of them like... played by fran kranz i don't oh, know if that mr. again mass. <laughs> mr mass mr uh <laughs> boyfriend at the end of matchstick men um i like he's getting that type of work he has a look yeah, that was kind of the early 2000s for that kid oh man kid, he's my also age. On the subject of that that blast from the past, the Volks, uh, the Volkswagen bus. That's just I know, such a the, yeah the the Volkswagen. Oh no, the new bug, new bug. Yeah, yeah, it was the newer new Volkswagen bug. bug. Very that, that, very. That and it was the, ex- the exact choice of what those kids should be driving. Though that's the kind of details we want out of this movie. Hundred. I, I could feel. I could hear the song "Steal My Sunshine" playing <laughs> yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah. Or that that uh, crazy town butterfly. Like that yes. would be another good tune on their mix that they're playing on that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. heroin is so passe or whatever. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Danny Worlds. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like that's played. Yeah, they got. There's a look. There's a look and aesthetic that car provides. And, yep. Yeah, it it brings you. That's the a beautiful thing about movies, man. You see something like that, you're brought to a place. So Alonzo um, bullies Jake into trying the weed that they stole. <laughs> rude uh rude but he's like what you want to be a cop you don't smoke weed it's like you like narcotics and it's like well i guess that makes sense i was thinking like the entire movie is about you and jake's shoes wondering if you would fall like how far you would go along with alonso <laughs> i would not knowing the results of this but i would probably be like okay i guess it's a little weed you know What's it going to yeah. hurt? Turns out a lot because the weed is laced with PCP. Alonzo seems perfectly aware of that. He smugly goes, I didn't know you got wet. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't know. And then he does the whole thing where he's like, I didn't. You did that yourself. You. Yeah. you it's like you, you were pointing a gun at him, Alonzo. You seem to really like PCP. Like, oh, no. He <laughs> oh, doesn't no. like PCP. It's terrible. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. But Jake is a mess. They go visit. So they... As the day progresses, they go visit Roger, an ex-cop turned massive drug dealer, played wow. by the great Scott Glenn. They have expensive booze. Jake tells that a very fun story about you know the way to survive on the streets is knowing knowing about the smiles and the cries. <laughs> like save your smiles and save your cries because everything else sucks. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta, you gotta hold those like gold, baby. And then they continue onward, and they notice a pair of addicts trying to assault a teenage girl in an alley. Jake intervenes while Alonzo watches. Jake beats the crowd. Jake gets beat up, but he beats them up. And yeah, they save the girl, and Jake somehow ends up with the girl's ID card. Yeah, I think she like she uh, she drops her wallet. Yeah, important to note hmm. as the film progresses. Alonzo then shows up and scares the addicts off and like tapping. There's nothing scarier than just simply tapping the two guns together. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like, oh my god. Like coconuts and, and holy one grail. thing I noticed too, they're at this like friendly little diner at the beginning of the movie, and Alonzo's like got his jacket off and he's wearing like the two holsters with his huge guns. Just out in this diner, and if Ludicrous. I was enjoying a breakfast at the same diner, I'd be a little like, "What the fuck is going on with that?" Guy? Well, it's it's truly like it feels wild, like Wild West. Like it feels like yeah, like Denzel and his character kind of sees himself as like a cowboy. Like yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's really and 
Yeah, it's uh, is he a cowboy? The cow, a cowboy for good or a cowboy for bad? Yeah, probably the latter. <laughs> probably the latter. So they just kind of continue onward. They um, they apprehend a drug dealer named Blue, played by Snoop Dogg, in a Ooh, wheelchair. So good. And they, <laughs> and they find out he informs on his employer, Sandman, who is in prison. They go to Sandman's house. Sandman's wife, mistress or wife. Is Macy Gray Ooh. in a and Alonzo just straight up robs forty thousand dollars from Sandman's house. Oh, it's so it is like it is. This is like the moment in the movie we realize. Oh, Alonzo, he's not. Yeah. Oh, it's and Ethan Hawke is one. It was like, yeah, that was like just armed robbery, right? That was not any level of police work at all. Yeah, like, this has nothing to do, like, there is this moment where he has, says some bullshit about, like, oh, you want to keep, you know, some money in the coffers in case yeah. you need it to, you know, like, because I think they take, like, $60 from, like, one of the vagrants or whatever. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, it's it one thing to... what well, escalates quite quickly to $40,000. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, that has to be, and I think Ethan's kind of, like, you know, you're gonna bring that into evidence, right? Like, we're gonna do... Yeah, he's, like, um... We'll see. Oh, and they get shot at by everyone yeah. in the community as they're leaving. And Ethan is like, at this point, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> like this, the PCP was one thing, but this is like getting yeah. a little. It's getting a little heavy. <laughs> I think I want to go back to being. Uh, oh yeah, he's uh, like, traffic. I want to serve. Yeah, he's like, I want to serve uh, parking tickets in the valley, which sounds like a delight outside of the sun. Yeah. Comparably speaking, like, it was really funny the moment where they have like a fight and like they stop on the fucking freeway. Yeah, which is like don't do that. And then, and then, like Denzel's like, like, yeah. To Denzel's credit, he's so charming and so like charismatic and like speechifies nonstop to Ethan. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I guess I'll keep going with you. Like, he is like this, like, well, it's like this thing too, where Denzel's in this place where like, he has to keep going as a character yeah. or else everything falls apart. He has to, he can only go in one direction. So this is like where I was like exhausted. They go into like the deepest portion of like South central to this like mm-hmm. cul-de-sac that apparently um, Antoine Fuqua had access. He like basically made deals with people who live there like wow. can we shoot here and be safe here basically uh but it gives it this wonderful authenticity yeah to the entire thing uh which will come in later on when they return to this neighborhood which for a quite a quite a harrowing sequence later on Ooh, what a um, great movie moments with oh, a great mo- um, speaking of a western moment too ethan hawk's walk in is a very western moment oh god he is he's such a cinematic de- there's something about yeah. ethan hawk where like he's so like he's a movie star He's a movie star, and then yeah. he's also like he has like a thinness to him, like he has like the gaunt, the, that gaunt quality. He looks like a, you know, El Greco, like the painter. He looks like mm-hmm. an El Greco painting. He yeah. just has like this gaunt angular, a gaunt angularness that really that's emerged him. even further as he's aged, as he's gotten gray, he's gotten like yeah. lines on and his forehead and stuff like dude. that. And his bad beard that he always had, he always has a terrible beard in every movie. I he's love in. it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's so good. Just an interesting presence always. So they go, though, in, and apparently um, Alonzo, they visit Alonzo's mistress and his son, Alonzo Jr. or Alonzito, or something like, it's a very, like, interesting name. Uh, yeah. And his mistress is played by Sarah, who's uh, Eva Mendez, mm. who we have not seen on screen in a while. She's, like, a retired 
as an actress these days. Like, yeah, she had a couple kids with Ryan Gosling, and that was that. Yeah, that'll do it. You're... <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, this is such a shit show. Like, why, why bother? <laughs> you got yeah. the dough <laughs> after a while. Unless you're really passionate, like a lunatic like Ethan Hawke about it or something. But um, mm-hmm. this is where I was like, this seems like this seems like Alonzo's regular day, and it seems exhausting. Because now Alonso's going to spend like have like basically a two hour schwitz <laughs> with his girlfriend, like wow. hanging out and having sex with her. And he's going to make Ethan Hawke like babysit, sit on the couch and play video <laughs> games with his son. And I was like, boy, I would, I would consider this a full day by this point. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'd be I like, want to leave. I'd be like, when's dinner? I'm just done. Like, yeah. Done with this day, like like I'm I'm on I'm high on PCP playing Mario Party two with this this person's ba- you know this this person's probably illegitimate son. Yeah, I know, and he says he has four kids, but like, is that just like a a rounding situation? <laughs> like, who knows? Like who Alonzo even knows there's... what he's te- yeah, like what truths he's te- like he's so unreliable. Mm-hmm. It which is great, great character. Yeah. Awesome character. Then after lunch, <laughs> the lunch hang at Eva's house, they go to the Pacific dining car and visit with a trio of corrupt high-ranking police officials dubbed the Three Wise Men, who are played in like unstoppable group of character actors. Harris Eland, Raymond J. Raymond J. Wrong kid died, Barry. Yes. And, <laughs> and our beloved Tom Berenger returns to the show. Yes. And they're all different kinds of corrupt. So Raymond J. Barry is like the classical captain, like just a high up official kind of guy. Hmm. But Tom Berenger is a te- detective with an in at the DA's office. So it filters the corruption that way. And then Harris Eulen is a detective who seems like, oh, what a, what a wild, he's a corrupt cop to the rich. It seems to me, which I like. Yep. I want to see it. That's a that's a spinoff I want to see. Like yeah. the corrupt cop to the rich who handles the rich affairs. He like saw is solving art crimes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like also definitely like Epstein level crimes too. Ooh, like, yeah. If you 100%. think about it, like definitely yeah. goes in that yeah. direction too. Yeah, like, there's and, that like, darkness he's covering that... up that stuff. Like, yeah, he's he's you know like making things easier for the the even the well off, like the, he, the supremely like, well off. Yeah, he is like a cop to like the true detective crimes. That kind Ooh, of deal. God, yeah, yeah, he's got direct access to the Yellow King. <laughs> like, <you> know... <laughs> he has the Yellow King on page on his yeah. on, on speed dial. He can yeah. just. Uh... He absolutely does. And yep. all of these guys, another one of our favorite things we've talked about recently on the show, it's like the counselor had this banality of evil quality because mm-hmm. they're also all kind of like dumpy middle-aged guys or yeah. even older than that. And they're all just kind of like having hamburgers at the Pacific dining car, which yep. I've been, I like. It's not the fanciest place in the world. Just kind mm-hmm. of an old school LA place. I mean, it's yeah. like it's still not cheap, but it's not like they're not like they're in Beverly Hills. It's like a, like it's kind of like a Moosestone Franks type of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, great comp because of that old school kind of place. It's like a place, but it's also like where like old school Hollywood corruption did has done business yeah. for you know since yeah. the early the turn of the century. <laughs> like a lot of dark know? energy emanating from that dining cart. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, and basically, like, Alonzo, we've learned, is in deep with the Russian mob. Because yeah. he was in Vegas the previous weekend, and he just, like, killed some guy. He just killed the, the dude. Guy. It is, like, it's so funny. They try to, like, they set up this, like, kind of weird, like, he has all these speeches about there's the there's the sheep and the, and the wolves, huh. and you have to become a wolf to fight the other wolves to protect the sheep. At the end of the day, no, this guy's just a This is just a sociopath he's full who's of shit. just <laughs> trying to get out of a jam. Yeah, he's, like, just, he's just trying to get out of a pickle. He's a Safety yeah. Brothers character. Yes, yes. He's Howard. He turns into Howard Ratner very quickly. Uh, and these guys basically tell him, like, man, you're in it. Like, But he also, it's weird. It's like, he's very deferential to these guys. Mm-hmm. He makes poor Ethan Hawke sit with a glass of white wine at the kids' table. So funny. Him just, like, with his, like, glass of wine, like, kind of waiting, yeah. waiting for Denzel to, you know, fill, uh, figure out all his, like, Michigas. Yeah. And so, basically, he's sitting there at the kids' table, and he learned, and so that 40000 is basically handed off to the three wise men to grace palms mm-hmm. on their side of things. But that's to grease palms to get them a warrant. And this warrant mm. is a very ominous warrant, I would call it. Because it's like, yeah. we'll get you it. They don't explain what it is, what it's for. And then Denzel, they get in the car. Denzel Washington gets on the phone. He calls his guys. And they're mm. all going to meet in a very classic. I don't know if anyone has it. I've never met on a rooftop to discuss business. Before. No, never a Heaven, good place to do that. Happens in movies all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that too. Like Martin Sheen and DiCaprio and The Departed are like in uh, almost every every like meetup in the Michael Mann's Miami Vice movie or any like Michael Mann movies that happens all the time. At least yeah. weird meetups in like abandoned areas, probably because of like no surveillance. Is my guess. Yeah, but it's still like it is definitely like it's yeah, it's like a thing that just never happened. It's like one of those few movie tropes that just never happens. In yeah, the real I've world, never I like imagine. been asked to like, hey, let's meet up and talk in this parking garage. Yeah, no. that's like next to this like pigeon cage. Like there's always yeah. like I feel like half the time there's always just a bunch of pigeons hanging out in a cage. Yeah, I, I watched on the waterfront recently too, and that's another like rooftop pigeons movie too <laughs> yeah it's like oh great use of pigeons in this movie by the way the clapping to warring yeah. people yeah good pigeon stuff good pigeon so film. what we and we meet up with uh alonzo's guys his oh, crew of crew. detectives and boy it's a crew so we've got jamie pegan's jamie p gonzalez's detective mark oh jamie p gomez go oh, good gomez pardon me i misread that uh it was in crimson tide Ooh. among other things uh Nick Chinland as Detective Tim, who many will remember from uh, being one of the one of the worst guys in Con Air. Yep. Um, Peter Green is Detective Jeff, who's <laughs> immediately like, "Oh, he's sweaty," and Doctor Dre as Detective Paul. Oh man, uh, we can already tell like. All these guys are dirty. Yeah, these are all heavies. Yeah, like, just no question about it. Everything is. This is not good. Yeah, they're all gonna go do some cop crimes. Ye- they're all oh, questioning dude. why Ethan Hawke is there. Mm-hmm. I would be too if I was a dirty cop like them. Yeah, they, and they line up. They get all their tactical gear. You gotta love when the gear comes out. <laughs> if you're a fan of action or cop movies, <laughs> like <laughs> the second the gear starts going, I like, oh, we got a raid. 
gonna happen. Yep. They go raid, and I'm wondering, maybe it's because of the PCP that Ethan Hawke was a little hipper to where they're raiding. <laughs> it's been a memorable house. Yeah, it's kind of a big... It is, like, I think... I guess you could just chalk it up to PCP. I Finally, guess you could, that's a good cinema. Do the work, do the work for the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come, come on, PCP, do the job. So, the house they're robbing turns out to be Scott Glenn's house, Roger's house. From the beginning, they're robbing his nest egg. Oh, shit. Um, he's got a lot of money buried in his kitchen. Ooh. It's a big score. Uh, Ethan Hawke does the Serpico thing. I'm not taking any. What are you guys talking about? Gotta take the money, bro. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it a million times before. Then they go in and um, they start joking around in this very ominous scene with Scott Glenn. And then Denzel just pops Scott Glenn with the shotgun close range. He's dead. It's over. Yep. Then they make this entire plan on how they're going to just tell how this went down. <laughs> Came through the door. This this Jake shot Scott Glenn. Oh, yeah. and um, don't also uh, should be noted. Uh, Peter Green took two in in the raid. Yep, he took <laughs> one of. Ooh, so they pop Peter Green in his bulletproof vest. In it's very it's getting very scary. Yeah, if I was there, I would not be happy with any. I would no. not be excited about any of this. I'm one of them I goes. My, through, I want my mommy. <laughs> Green's been hit, but he's like on the floor. I'm like, is he dying? It, it like, is like, and it's like he's just like, please get me an ambulance, guys. Yeah, they're, they're all getting jacked up about it. And then Ethan Hawke's like, I'm not doing any of this. I'm not going along with any of this. Doctor Dre pulls a gun on Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Ethan though gets one out, gets the drop on Denzel. He's got it. They're all talking about it. Finally, it's like deeply intense. Cooler heads prevail. They go to the car. And Ethan's still very upset about it. And Denzel yeah. turns on like a sympathetic charm. Like, I felt the same way as you. you. Listen, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. Like, all of these, like, all of these things. This is where I kind of, though, do feel the movie. The credulity of the movie begins to waver. Yeah. I don't know if you agree. This was the moment for you. I would say, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can like it's, it is like, cause we talked about this a little bit too. It's kind of crazy that Ethan Hawke isn't, you know, isn't as nice. in the, in the, I, yeah, I think, um, Realistically speaking, if Alonzo has this gigantic plan that's going to reveal itself momentarily, he takes one extra step. Yeah, and they had a real good out in in this sequence to have basically say that Scott Glenn had popped Ethan as they were going in. Ethan dies a hero, gets a posthumous medal. Yeah, that's and, that. And I- I guess you could maybe make the argument that, like, maybe there is, like, a part of Denzel Washington that kind of likes Jake's character. Maybe. I don't know. I don't buy I don't know if I buy it. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. No. I I, I think that somebody somewhere must have in the executive group or the writers or whatever could have maybe 
made that argument. Yeah, but I don't think yeah, but it's the yeah, but the thing is, is that it's an argument the movie can't support. Like with the based on what we've seen on the and what, what is to come. Too. Yeah, because like yeah, and yeah, because it can't just be because there is like that moment where he tries to buy off Jake, and he's yeah. like yeah, and that doesn't. And it's like he's got to realize he's not going to turn Jake. Yeah, exactly. And Jake seems to me the perfect pawn, the perfect yeah, yeah. like like dope. Because he's such a, he's so willing to go. That's the word I'm looking for. He's 100% a fall guy. Because he's so willing to go along with everything that Alonzo, you know, when Alonzo tells him to jump, he goes how high, basically, by the end of it, you know? Yep. And so he's going to fall on the seam. So it's like the perfect doubt. They've got the dough to pay off the Russians and a little bit extra on the side. This great deal, Mm -hmm. taking out Sky Roger. This would have been, but it would not have obviously made for a movie. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, uh, uh, a satisfying movie. So if they had just executed Jake here to cover up all their tracks, would have worked. They don't. Instead, they go further and they go, "We got to pay off these guys." This guy Smiley in this uh, in this other neighborhood, uh, who is a Latino gangster played by. The distinctly not Latino, Cliff Curtis. Uh, Cliff yeah. Curtis, a recurring, uh, uh, yeah, his it is recurring trope in Cliff Curtis's career. Yeah, hopefully one day he'll just be able to play himself. And he has, you know, in yeah. some things like he, you know, he's on like that uh, Walking Dead show briefly. Yeah, where he got to do something like that. He's a great actor. I think we talked mm-hmm. to we've talked about him on other on other things. Oh yeah, he's a recurring. He's a recurring character in the film. What, I feel like he's been in some films. What else have we seen? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> we've seen Avatar: Way of Water. Yeah, there we go. You know, and he's a, he's a great actor. Really, good and actor. Collateral. No, I, Collateral Damage. Collateral, collateral Damage. My collateral bad. Damage like, from Schwarzenegger. Ugh, ugh. I was like, did I? Was he? I was like, because in my head, I was like, there's well, no way. He yeah, was he strikes me as a guy who's like working with Mark Ruffalo as one of the cops in Collateral. Yeah. Like, that would be a great role for him. But yep. it's him and Raymond Cruz. And who is the other gentleman? Sadie Lopez? Uh, no, 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 Noel G? Sorry. sorry. I think it's remember. Noel G. I think it's okay. like the... Yeah, who plays the other, like the three, because he's the guy with like the, he's like always an actor who plays, he's like Danny Trejo, where he, whenever yeah. they need like a shaved guy with like a I little goatee. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. He's a very good actor. He's in the Fast and the Furious as well. Yep, 100%. He's a recurring, yeah, recurring Fast and the Furious guy. He's, yeah. a, I, I remember him as the guy who uh, bullies Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty that has a, a monkey go in and out of his butt. That's like yeah. his <laughs> stuff. It is what it is. David, I are favorite too. Been a bunch of his movies as well. Uh, oh, he's in The Dark Knight Rises. Of course, that's where I recognize him from. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, and Denzel Washington basically uses my favorite um, improv get-out-of-stage move. I gotta go take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> the classic. Yeah, a good, a good walk-off. A good stage this walk-off. This is truly the best stage walk-off one could have. That's my improv tip of the day. <laughs> It's like, well, you're Captain Crunch and he's Michigan Jake Frog. Uh, I'm going to go take a shit. Sorry, Mr. <laughs> President. Can I interrupt you there? I have to go take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which he does. And these guys who are ominous as all hell. Yeah. Um, 
invite Jake to play poker with them. Here, pro tip. If you're a police officer and anyone says, hey, can I just take a quick look at your gun? Say no. Anyone. Yeah. Shady or not. Don't have yeah. to. Unless you know them intimately, say no. Yeah, that's you a crazy... You're, you're a police officer. You don't have to. That's that's a ding-dong move. That it's is a very... Move. Is extraordinarily stupid. Yep. Especially when, like, you have someone like Raymond Cruz's character, who is just, like, a total... When like, you say when you say the brand of the gun, you go, you mean like this? When the other guy goes, you mean like this one? And holds it up? Yeah. Yeah. Not a good sign. Not a good Jake, sign. That's... Jake does it. And then Jake decides, he, I'm going to get out of this by bu- busting a bottle over a guy and just fight my way out of it. Jake has very strong young white guy energy that he just thinks he's going to pull it off. Yeah. That it's he's all going like... to go well for yeah. Maybe that is a point. Maybe a good point. That everything's going to go okay for me because I'm a handsome white guy. Yeah, that might actually... I think that know. might actually be part of the point. Never mind. I like yeah. that. I like, I like that. it like, too. He, I like yeah. it too. He has a cocky, cocky, naive edge that only can come from being a handsome 30-year-old white guy. Yep. Silver spoon. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, it does not go well. He gets drunk. Cliff and his guys get the drop on Jake. Ooh. They drag him to the bathtub to shoot him in the head with a shotgun. They're going like, to execute him in a They're bathroom. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> not a good way to go. Not a good way. No. They're not finding Jake anytime soon. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, disappeared on the jump. Yeah. Uh, and as though they they get the idea that they're going to rob him first, which, I mean, hell, if you're doing crime, I buy it. Yeah. Take the wallet, too. Many, what kind of does this guy got on him? And they discover Chekhov's teenage girl wallet. Yeah, Chekhov's <laughs> pink wallet. It is, like, so, like, you know that pink wallet? You know that, like, the one act of, like, pure kindness that Ethan Hawke That Hawk occurred did? in this entire movie. Yeah. That he got to do genuine police work on. Yeah. Well, it has come back to say, hey, maybe if the cops did this all the time things wouldn't be so bad yeah right? yeah maybe if like yeah maybe if they did their job uh, because properly. um oh i'm I, patrick i have a map of the city of los angeles you know what neighborhood cliff curtis lives in what coincidence city <laughs> <laughs> oh what an odd uh, th- i was just odd. there the other day yeah. what a fascinating what a coincidence um (laughs) because the girl that ethan hawk rescued is naturally cliff curtis's beloved sweet young cousin Mm. he gives her a call to confirm the details that ethan hawk saved her from a terrible uh, moment yeah i do like that that moment too where like the i do like the like the tension that comes from like you, you she's like clearly like lying about oh i went to school well, she doesn't want to say that she like ditched school to go to a party and like she's like not this pure innocent girl yeah that her it's... tough guy her tough guy uncle wants, Venerates, wants her yeah. to be um but she kind of she gets and you don't know if she's going to be honest which is a good yeah. thing yeah that is that, a, that's that... a very fun thing too yeah you're like you're that. like I think that's a great touch as well. 
Because yeah. it adds to drama, and they keep cutting back to poor Ethan, who's like head down. Yeah, <laughs> as the water's running, he's got blood dripping off of his head. Like you're like so concerned about poor Ethan as he's in his tub. He's <laughs> like, please, please let this work. This is like literally my last chance here. Uh, it does. It does. Uh, Cliff's like, man, lucky day. Jeez, that was a close one, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess yeah. you're going to get out of jail free card for Wait, that boy, one. I mean, I didn't. It would have been messy. That would have been a big issue here on our side On our side of things. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not all coming up roses for us either, Ethan. But we, we all dodged a bullet. You know you what? Liter- yeah. You literally, us figuratively. <laughs> At the end of the day, we all just got to laugh. We're going to go back to our game. You can take, you can go take the bus, which he does. He's on the bus in the very He looks scene. so, his like face on the bus, he is well, like. like nobody really wants to ride the bus in Los Angeles to begin with. Because yeah. this is probably why you're riding the bus. <laughs> yeah. Also, the fact that he's just like at this point, he's so far gone that he's like brandishing his weapon on the bus. I know. He's just like, yeah, he's. um, He's a little upset. He's a little miffed. He's, he's a little like miffed a... about like, this just has not been. This has been a bad one. Yeah. This been is a bad the... one. Maybe Still he should. Same day. Maybe he should have like got off at like the In-N-Out Burger on Sunset. Yeah. Just for a quick, like, sandwich or something, just to kind of, like, ease his mind a bit. Yeah, comfort burger. Also, he's also not going to be in that drive through line. He can walk in, and it's a little bit easier. Oh, God, yeah. Pro tip, sense... pro tip in Los Angeles. If you want in an out burger, which you will, mm-hmm. go inside. Go in the restaurant. It'll be much, much quicker. quicker, much quicker situation yeah, for you. Yeah, infamously long lines in and yeah. out, you know. Get that burger quicker. Jen screams. It's not that good. Every time we pass, <laughs> she's like, "It's not worth the wait, man." Like, yeah, it's a seven out of ten. It's a fast food burger. Really, it's it's still it's good. It's not, it, but it is it is just a fast food burger. It's yeah, better I, than I, it's better than some. Certainly. Oh, it's a hundred percent better than McDonald's. And yeah. here's my most uh, blasphemous as a Texan: better than Whataburger. I said it. Mm. I've never Texans been. I've never this. been to Whataburger, but I gotta it's, get there. One of these yeah, guys. What's their? What is it's... their? Um, what's their kind of like? What's their draw? Is it like a sauce? Is it what was their? So okay, two things. Uh, they have way more like choice and options. They so can get like you know grilled onion, grilled jalapeno, okay. like you know all that sort of stuff. Like the and then uh, their uh, honey butter chicken biscuit. Oh, really, really good. Well, um, the, yeah, those words in tandem to me got my mouth watered. Right oh yeah, honey butter chicken biscuit. Yeah, you're you're set. You're sold. Um, their shakes and their malts are really good. They have malts, okay. so you can get a chocolate malt. And then uh, uh, and then I would say to uh, fancy ketchup, they got their own special ketchup that's okay. good. It's better yeah. than normal ketchup. It's fancy. Uh, and all spicy this, ketchup. Oh, this yeah. sounds terrific. Oh man, yeah. And Oof. then uh, yeah. And then uh, they have the Texas toast sometimes, and that's fun. Oh, right on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, there we go. Try. There we go. Oh, yeah, I gotta try it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, rather than taking the bus to get a burger or just call it a day like Patrick and I would. Yeah, we would just at this point uh, go ahead and get a burger. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to go home. This sucks. <laughs> I'm going to the counter. I don't yeah. care how expensive the burger is. One the size of my shoe. <laughs> yes. Yes, blue cheese. Yes, blue cheese. Yes, blue cheese. Uh, Jake instead... Takes the bus right back to Ava Mendez's apartment where he assumes 
Alonzo has gone. Although Alonzo is such a man of the town. Jake's very lucky. <laughs> Honestly, that Alonzo is there and not like at a like a strip club or like you know. Uh, yeah, like he's not also, like in if Alonzo has until midnight to get the Russians the dough, mm-hmm. and he's got the dough earlier in the day, the sun has not even gone down yet. Why didn't he just drop it off earlier? Mm. Get that you, weight you, off. Get that weight off of his shoulders. Bristic. Yeah, it's you're right. What's well, very cocky? It's very cocky. Cocky Alonzo. Mm. I would have had that. I would have had that. Like I'm the kind of guy who buys the uh, tracking on the mail. When I go to the the post office, when I have yes. to send something like, and I have to send an important piece of mail out because I'm like, I gotta guarantee it got there. I gotta know that the other person received this. Yeah, I know, and it's like, just get them, get that dough to the Russians, man. Yeah, <laughs> unless they had played it up that the Russians were never gonna, they were gonna take the money and then kill them anyway. And mm. like, if that simple dialogue thing, you could have put thrown in there that he's concerned about that. Yeah, there or, are like. Why didn't he go with Dr. Dre and those guys to meet with the Russians, have some backup? All these things. But no, yeah. but it's you're right. It's hubris. He's actually going to go for like an evening lay yep. and dinner at Eva Mendes. House. Yeah, because he thinks he's done. He thinks he's yeah, solved he thinks the he's problem. He thinks, yeah. he, he thinks Jake is dead and he's going to like stroll in at 1145 to get the money. God, <laughs> he's such a yeah, I mean. I I feel I feel him a little bit. I've been that type of guy. Not not at the scale of him, of course, but like there have been times where it's like, ah, you know, I can leave the house at like you know nine o'clock and get to like Santa Monica at nine thirty or whatever. I also like the distance between the south central location of Eva Mendez's house and wherever the drop was. Oh yeah, with the Russians. I mean, that's a half hour at least. Oh yeah, like Driving the Russians. Time. Yeah, I mean, easily. Probably more, honestly. Like, they're going to be, like, like, like where are the, the Russians are going to be, like, in, like, Beverly Hills or Glendale or something. Like, they're going to be, like, far away from... I mean, I maybe downtown? They're... Maybe. I'm yeah. trying to think of, like, where, like, Russian... Rest... Like, there's that one Russian restaurant on uh, uh, La Brea. Like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Who don't knows? Know. Who knows? It... Yeah. Anyway, uh... We get a great cowboy scene in which Jake strolls into this neighborhood. This neighborhood that clearly he is not a regular. Yeah. No. In, by any means. With his gun out. He's not even like holstered or yeah. anything like that. He's joker fed. Totally joker and, Yeah. And he's like does not care that he is getting hurt. Like people are screaming at him and you know. Yeah. It's definitely inc- extraordinarily dangerous. It's and, like he goes, and he goes. But he doesn't care. Yeah. He goes to the gate of Eva Mendes's apartment where these guys we submit earlier are like hanging out and they've already made it clear. They're not Alonzo fans. No, they hate him. And he walks up and they're like, what it, they're like, what are you doing here? And he goes, where's Alonzo? And they're like, Oh, cool. Yeah. You're on our side. You're here on our side. Never mind. Have at it. Have at it. You didn't go, Jake. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you'll kill him, so we don't have to. That's cool. <laughs> he goes in. He like breaks and even men is his house for some reason. She is stark ass naked. Like yeah, that very, was yeah. Uh, exploitive. If you ask me, yeah, <laughs> like, a little bit. Uh, didn't need Tough. to. Like, 
but she's a trooper, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. Oh, well, I don't know. But um, confronts him. They get in a gunfight. It's on between our mm-hmm. two leads. It's finally like cracked open to pure violence. It's just we got our chaos. Western thing. There, it's chaos. They're gonna one of them is gonna kill the other one. <laughs> it's yeah. just the entire like they they start going at it. They get in this great like rooftop into balcony fight where they're bashing each other with stuff. Ethan gets thrown through a window. It's like really oh, good, man. Really good stuff. It's very brutal. Great fight. Yep. Denzel beats the crap out of him, thinks he's got him, goes down, goes out to his car. Ethan leaps off the roof of the building. This is the other thing, too. At this point, (laughs) Denzel, Alonzo, you should have just shot Jake. I know. You realize that Jake is a little tougher, like, and a little more, like, dogged. We'll put it yeah. that way. Then you He's like, gotten you know, out of a couple pickles at this point. You yeah. know, Jake, Jake's a little more than just like the dopey like fall guy you thought he was. Jake yeah. leaps off of the building, like going into Denzel's windshield, basically. Like he's like he's he like Gary Busey, like he's like Gary Busey in Drop Zone. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's like a missile. Into it's like a missile, like Gary. <laughs> so good. That is so one of the good. best. I was like watching that the other day. I went on YouTube and just looked up Gary Busey drops out. I watched that like five times. I gotta watch that movie again. That movie's so such good. a blast. <laughs> so Every crazy. time I'm driving around listening to Lithium and that Toad the Wet Sprocket song comes on, Jen's like, What is this? I'm like, She's like, Who's this? I'm like, It's Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's from the scene where Wesley Snipes is learning how to be a skydiver. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a formative moment on, in Drop like, Zone. Remember when Martin Scorsese always plays Gimme Shelter and how memorable that is? Same deal. Same yeah. deal. <laughs> that's, John, that's, that's John Badham's Give Me Shelter. It's his Toad the Wet Sprocket song. So <laughs> Ethan's in the car. He's like, Denzel's like firing the gun at him and they get in a car crash. Everybody's falling out of the car. Ethan opens Denzel's window and just starts like punching the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very violent very exciting <laughs> like it is yeah it's really good like it's Ethan, really like, it's a great it, fight it's yeah super physical it's it, and it looks great you can't tell where the stunt guys are and where the um denzel and ethan are it looks really nice mm-hmm. uh pulls him out of the car denzel and here we go we're <laughs> heading into the awards scene if there ever was an award scene oh my god yeah this, and is, this yeah, is like this is, this is so good this, this is, is all the clip. so good. This is the clip you've all seen. So <laughs> he's just screaming. He's like, I'll make anybody rich who shoots this guy in the head right now. He's screaming at every, you stupid motherfuckers. Like, just like going crazy. Uh, Nobody's listening. They'll hate his guts. Yes, this guy's the bully. Him. And this like skinny white guy is like showing guts to <laughs> stop this terrible bully. This were the world's most annoying man. This this horrid cop who is this being like, like abusive and crooked, and abuse their power to every single person Ooh. in this neighborhood. Is get even even Mendez is like I just don't want my son who I love yeah. to get hurt. Like she's out of here. Yeah, she is so there. There's no one. This guy has lived a life that has uh, provided no us. Uh, 
sentimental reprieve. Like yes. he is like there is like there is no uh empathy mm-hmm. thrown his way because he never doled it he, out in the first he place. He is a bully getting what he deserves. Yep. At the end of this movie. It's deeply satisfying. Oh, it rules. Yeah, him and screaming they, like I'm King Kong. Ooh. Yeah, they ooh. let Jake take the cash. He's gonna walk away. Denzel is cashless as the deadline with the Russians is coming. Jake's gonna turn in the cash at the cops and suffer the consequences and Denzel is screaming Jake! 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 Oh, oh, you motherfuckers! And he starts looking around the entire room and and he's screaming and he's looking at everybody in the face and it gets to the King Kong's got nothing on me monologue that like basically like is an all-timer like yeah well and it's like it's seeing like it's it's i think it works too because like denzel washington is a guy with like so much riz like he has so much like like charisma and like appeal as like an actor and to see like someone like the juxtaposition of someone so seemingly high great being brought down so far man it is the fact he's so all in on it and he's so big and he gets so much juice. And you're like, this is the, the greatest actor getting, like, one of his greatest moments. Yeah. Like, he's getting just... And I'm like, I know people, like, are, like, not into, like, big performances these days. Mm-hmm. They, they want the subtlety or whatever, the nuance. Subtlety, the... nuance, or, like, above it all, or, like, not playing. Yeah. Like, going no. even back to that, like, Jeremy Strong thing, of, like, don't want to look like you're trying too hard. Don't want to look like you're too invested. Don't want to be too emotional. I think this was actually, like, secretly the bigger issue people had with the whale, too. Mm-hmm. Was everything in the whale was at an 11. Yeah. The entire time. A... Mm-hmm. And people are uncomfortable at 11 when they watch movies or shows these days. Yeah, there, there is like, well, and I think like uh, so many people, um, we have cinema sins brain now mm-hmm. and everyone wants to like, uh, actually purse people don't act that way. And that makes no sense that like, and I think that like, um, sometimes what makes a movie great, isn't that it's like this pure, like, you know, carbon copy of reality. Like some of the, I appreciate like the the creative flourishes and the max and maximalist endeavors. That actually maximalist emotions lead to you actually feeling things, like to it breaking through. Like as mentioned, I watched on the waterfront a couple days ago. I've seen on the waterfront many many times in my life, but every single time they do the contender scene, which is like one of the most famous scenes ever put on film, I cry every single time. Yeah, I watch that because of how emotional it is and how he plays it, and the cutting back to Rod Steiger. How Rod Steiger is just as he doesn't have any line, but he's like, "I hurt my brother." It's on his face, and Marlon Brando is just like, oh, "You hurt me, you hurt me," and how you treated me. It's beautiful. Yep. It's the same thing in like how I cried when I watched the whale. And I have no experiences like that. Yeah. That are happening in the whale. But I understand like this is about people who are hurt. Yeah. Trying their best to like feel something. Yeah. For each other like... and like have like the key things in life. Regret. Guilt. 
shame forgiveness Ooh, that's the <laughs> that's the potent brew that's the secret spice denzel washington blind anger and not knowing you have lost yeah his dogged refusal to admit defeat Ooh, Ooh. yeah oh it's good it's so so good and then like and and how it's like so much more of an insult even to alonzo that the people don't even execute him. They just are just tired of his shit. They're just yeah. done. They just like, leave. And he's just... left with nothing. Yes. It's like it's like fucking that guy. It, it's so it reminds me of like in Kingdom of Heaven when that one guy's like, why don't you kill me? Like, well, yeah. 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 It's so it's if so that much guy was the lead, If that guy was the lead of the movie, it goes like that. Yeah. 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 And it's so good and so like classical in its drama which is another thing I think is kind of lost the The best guys still realize that like I think Quentin Tarantino really understands that like the need for true drama in movies and classical like Shakespearean like rises and falls and like scenes and ups and downs and that kind of thing you have to be a real student of this kind of thing to understand it but when you're good at it like I think like um the other guy who I think does a really nice job in a mainstream setting is that Brian Helgeland. Yeah. Especially man. man on fire. Man on fire has hits these like similar heights and emotional notes mm-hmm. throughout it. And you think it's just, it also gives you like a great CD action movie, mm-hmm. but it gives you that ending on the bridge with yeah. him and Dakota Fanning, which well, is and necessary. It... And the only thing that can happen, like movies should feel actually inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we kind of talked about it with the counselor, too. Like, like last week, this we know in our heart of hearts that Alonzo is going to get his just desserts mm-hmm. at some point. It's the road on how to get there that keeps us invested, or we're going to get tricked. Yeah, well, that's we the know thing. audiences are smart, like we were saying. Yeah. Well, and we also like you want. The um the end game to feel earned and yep. uh part of how you make something feel earned is it, it you make a plausible path towards yeah. what you're earning and like yeah and it's so well like we so... know Denzel Washington and Chris Pine are going to stop that train yeah we know 100%. that of course we know yeah. that we know what movie we're getting into but yeah. how how are they gonna do it what obstacles are we gonna put in their way like how are they gonna get to know each how are they gonna like each other by the end of it. How is the guy in the truck going to show up to help out yeah. at the end of the movie? Like, if you that's the thing, too. If you have a weird item, I better see that weird item again. If you see that yeah. pink that pink wallet or that yeah. that weird truck, I want to, yeah, it better return. It's a beautiful thing yeah. because it's inevitable, but it's also exciting every time out. Mm-hmm. You're playing with what we know. You know, it's like they said that about improv. Like, by the third beat of the Herald, you have to give everybody what they want. Yep. Because it's going to bring the house down if you set it up right. Mm. Which is what it does here with that King's Kong speech. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's the third beat. And it's like, and it's properly, and it's, yeah, like a, like in like a good Herald too, properly heightened to the moon. Like, yep. it is like the stakes are as high as they can get for Denzel. Yep, uh, and he's boom, screaming boom, boom, about boom. how he's King Kong. It's yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, the second, the end of the second beat, Russians. 
Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, they're after him too. And all this stuff is happening. All the beats are coming together. And then it all coalesces into this, like, this speech hmm. that gives you chills when you watch it. And then, like with a good scene, all that it comes down to is like performers putting their individual touches mm-hmm. on it. And Ethan and Denzel are at the top of their games in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they do it. So Jake walks away. Alonzo is left completely alone. And no one's impressed yeah. with his speech. He hops in the car and I've just found it out. He goes to LAX. He's going to try and bail. That's where he's oh. on his way to. <laughs> Actually, he yeah. can make in a half hour from Southside. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. If yeah. you're like Inglewood or something, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, he is ambushed by the Russians. Mm. And Denzel, like a true champion, gets strapped with about 50 squibs. Oh, it rules. And just gets it's, annihilated. <laughs> it's one of the best. Uh, I bet Denzel had so much fun shooting that. Like, he, like his shaking is so... It rules. It is I mean, like... This, it is doesn't like hap- some... this doesn't happen to Denzel. We know him. He's a hero. Yeah. In almost every movie, if he does die, he gets shot once, and it's a very heroic, like, lead-out kind of death. Like, <laughs> you know, he's, we've seen him. I mean, the dies yeah. in Man on Fire. You yeah. Know? Honorable. Kind of dies in Deja Vu. Mm. <laughs> kind of. Sort of. Mm. I don't remember. I don't kind remember. remember. Kind of remember. <laughs> but usually, you know, he's a hero. He survives. He's a winner. Denzel wins. <laughs> Yeah, usually, hundred percent. You know, and so usually, and so seeing the juxt like that juxtaposition, like that context, like what the just, character goes through, just the fact he goes so all in on such a disreputable character in this one, like he's like saw it. It's like this is a great classic, you know, top twenty all time bad guy. Yeah, in movies like top ten lunatic. It yeah, rules, he, and it's like in like the in the depraved like heights that character, like killing old partners just so he can yeah. pay off his own like his own up de- like selfish deaths debts you know it's it's terrific man yeah and jake just goes home yep yeah we hear over the newswire hero cop dies like in like attempting to serve a warrant of course because the three wise men are going to cover it up mm-hmm. he's never going to get known for who he was in the press Mm-mm. and cut to the credits end of the movie what a fine time i had a blast it was a f- two hours flew by yeah i love the red uh like the red fo- uh font type the or credits, whatever yeah yeah red title credits. card it's all and it's all very like classy like it's a like it's well done it's just yeah. a top of the line movie every piece of it every member of the crew and team Let's talk quickly about Mark Mancina. Elegant, Ooh. nice score. Probably remember, though, because it had a soundtrack. The only thing that I think actually dates this movie super heavily is um, it's incredibly like 2001 hip-hop soundtrack. Yeah, it it's is not a bad totally... thing. I like, that, I like that music a lot, yeah. but um, yeah, it does. Uh, uh, classically edited by Conrad Bl- Buff. Ooh, Conrad Buff. Conrad Buff. <laughs> uh who also edited Titanic. 
Wow. What? And, what is... and has edited, done seven features with um, Antoine Fuqua. Wild. Interesting. They yep. like the, the yeah. I wonder if like James Cameron oh. and Antoine Fuqua edited like... on um edited on True Lies and Terminator Two as well. Mm, oh, and sense. edited Last Boy Scout. Sure, wow. that was a, I'm sure that was a damn treat. <laughs> like, Buff's been around the block. Yeah, done some M. Night Shyamalan, did uh, Antoine Fisher for mm. Denzel Washington. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, and most recently edited Emancipation. Yeah. Uh, which we'll talk about at a later date. Um, yeah, so this movie premiered September 2nd, 2001 at the in a very classy fashion at the Venice Film Festival. Mm-hmm. It's originally supposed to be released across the world and has strong advertising push for September 21st, 2001. However, 10 days mm-hmm. prior to that, as has come up many a time on this show, was the September 11th attacks. Ooh. And there was a bit of a tad amount of discomfort in a dirty cop movie post September 11th. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that bad across timing. the board, bad timing. It uh, wasn't pushed that far back, though. It opened on October 5th of 2001. Opened at number one, grossing $24.2 million. Uh, the second highest uh, opening, October opening ever behind, of course, um, naturally, Meet the Parents. Ooh. Uh, second weekend uh, kept the number one position above the well-remembered film Bandits. With Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, and Kate Blanchett. <laughs> uh, third weekend, it fell to third place behind From Hell and Riding in Cars in Boys. Stayed in the top 10 for seven weeks. Uh, with an estimated uh, production budget of $45 million, it made a $104.9 million total at the box office worldwide. 76.6 of that in the United States. Mm. Very American movie so i it doesn't surprise me that didn't totally cross over um, yeah to the um international marketplace it's so like um it's so specifically of a specific place in america yeah it's hard it's not like there's it's you can't really generalize it yeah you know yeah um on rotten tomatoes it has a 74 percent which was a little lower than i uh kind of expected i was expecting like an 80 yeah five yeah me too uh, critical consensus is the ending may be less than satisfying but Denzel Washington reminds us why he's such a great actor in this taut brutal police drama um, ending's like the most satisfying part I think it's, right yeah, like the, yeah. the speech what yeah. do you expect what do you expect what are the, like we just had the passionate speech that we made <laughs> yeah <laughs> I feel betrayed <laughs> <laughs> Ebert gave it three stars alright uh he said Washington seemed to enjoy a performance that's over the top and down the other side. Uh, he praised the lead and supporting actors and the film's gritty kinetic energy. He noted several plot holes and wrote that a lot of people are going to be leaving the theater as I did, wondering about the logic and plausibility of the last 15 minutes. Yeah, you know what? There's some uh, the, yeah, all the all the choices that Alonzo makes that, you know, if you're being charitable, you can put it, you know, you can claim blame it on hubris. But uh and- yeah. Amy Tobin of the Village Voice wrote, 
training day, Antoine Fuqua's propulsive, elegantly written police thriller offers the unsettling spectacle of Denzel Washington, whose old-fashioned combination of decency and sexiness suggests the African-American counterpart to Gregory Peck in his To Kill a Mockingbird period as an LAPD cop so evil he makes Harvey, Lute Harvey Keitel's bad lieutenant look like smaller potatoes than he was meant to be. Ooh. Yes. So, um... Uh, Alonzo Harris was named in June of 2003 at AFI's 50th greatest screen villain in their Heroes and Villains countdown. Hey. Maybe a little higher even. Yeah. Um, but it, despite the fact that some people may have taken issue with some elements of the plotting or what happens in the movie, we've kind of gone over a few of the question mark moments, right. I'd say, in the movie. I, overall, I think we're generous, though, because... Oh, Oh, like we're looking at this in an overall fashion of being just an enjoyable flick. Yeah, it's like you get to hang out with like uh, like a very fun Denzel Washington character for two hours. Yes, like it's a treat. Um, and um, one thing though, absolutely no one disagreed on was that Denzel Washington was freaking great in this movie. Yep. Um, every review, regardless of their thought, were like, "This is this is phenomenal," and yep. he's it's a um. In a career, we've covered a lot of Denzel Washington movies, in a career full of massive performances, <laughs> this one holds special esteem. Um, and on top of that, everyone's favorite narrative in the world of cinema and awards season, the has he deserved it? Is it his time narrative? Mm. Which I hate. Hate, hate, hate. Judge yeah. it in the moment. Just because... And yes, going all the way back to our Al Pacino season, we agree. He should have won over to Al Pacino for Malcolm X. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. We know it's a dark spot on the Academy, but you know what else is a dark spot on the Academy? Al Pacino not winning for fucking Serpico. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? If you know we're counting dark spots on the academy, get the, the got the academy looks like a damn Dalmatian. Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it were a dog, it's a Dalmatian. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and it's not one of those like kind of uh, spotty ones. The very healthily pigmented like <laughs> Dalmatian. Yeah, no, no oh, this shit. Is There's missing spots all over the place. So, in the year. 2001 Denzel Washington was nominated for best actor at the Academy Awards and the full freight train of it's his time mm. was there interestingly enough simultaneously Russell Crowe another actor we talk about was nominated for a beautiful mind Ooh. which arguably was a better performance than gladiator yeah. which arguably the insider was Russell Crowe's year. He should have won. And Gladiator was a makeup for that. Yeah, because well, I think like... he probably should have won the year for the insider. Yep. Um. They're never going to get it right. No. But as the years have gone past, I'm looking at things. So the fellow nominees Denzel Washington had in that year: Tom Wilkinson for In the Bedroom, a tremendous performance in a tremendous film. 
but a little tiny. And, a, and yeah. Tom is a little unknown. Mm-hmm. Although he is on Michael Bread, of course. Oh, yeah. Too. All about that bread. He all loves about that, that bread. bread. All about that bread. Um, Will Smith is nominated for Ali, playing mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali. Good, great. For, great. Yeah. I would have had him in there, too. <laughs> like, yeah. He would have been on my nominee list. Sean Penn is nominated for I Am Sam, which at the time seemed brave and exciting, and now it feels a little ooh. Yeah, Simple Jack. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. The basis of the character, the rightfully pair, like, it's so interesting that people feel that Tropic Thunder is in bad taste when Tropic Thunder is making fun of things that are in bad taste and pointing out that they're in bad taste. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the entire, like, Tropic Thunder is supreme satire, is what it is. Yeah. Like, it's like calling out, it is a, it is calling out bullshit. Yeah. 100%. It is, not, it is not, it is not the bullshit itself. Things like I Am Sam are the bullshit themselves. Oh, like, for sure. And Russell Crowe is nominated for Beautiful Mind, and Denzel Washington is nominated for Training Day. Denzel Washington wins his, his first best actor victory. And only to this date. Mm. Um, I think his best shot was a couple years ago, and we do not need to get in this because this is very prickly territory, when he was in Fences and lost Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Um, yeah. That's a story for another day. <laughs> um, also, pleasantly enough, uh, a little bit more of a surprise, Ethan Hawke was nominated for Best Supporting Actor uh, as well. Uh, fully deserving. You want to know who he was up against? John oh. Voight in Ali, who playing Howard Cosell in another one of John Voight's like late period caked up playing real people roles. And probably the last time on he the heel had... on the heels of uh, FDR and Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian McKellen for Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, Fellowship oh. of the Rings. I didn't realize he was nominated. I mean, you know what? Hey, He's fun in that movie. Why not? Uh, the guy hat. who I think should have won. Ben Kingsley and Sexy Beast. Ooh, uh, man. If you haven't seen that one, folks, it's a memorable performance if there ever was one. King- Kingsley rules. Yeah. He is like one of those actors I feel like he should be. He's like one of the great, like, supporting. He's like in the vein of John Malkovich. Like, you see Kingsley in a movie. He's, yeah. he's, he will never be boring. He will never be boring. No. Uh, the winner was Jim Broadbent, uh, our man from. Um... Oh. Iron Lady, <laughs> yeah, Miss, Mr. A, Lady, a film called Iris. Okay, uh, what's that this I, movie? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Her greatest talent was for uh, life. It's uh, about the novelist Iris Murdoch and her relationship with John Bailey. Um, Judy Dench and Kate Winslet are also in it. It definitely sounds like um a stuffier British film. <laughs> In yeah. 2001 was not my not not of interest to me. Yeah, uh, this seems like yeah. I'm surprised that um I'm surprised that uh Stephen Daldry didn't direct this. Yeah. <laughs> if you're curious about some other films that came out in 01 though, um probably like the longest standing. Oh, Pearl Harbor was 2001. Black Hawk Down was 2001. Wow. Um, the kind of the movies though that I think have stood. There are three. Um, there's Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan's Memento, yep, and probably and the movie I would say is the greatest movie that came out of the year. David Lynch's Mulholland Drive mm. would be, and David, and that's probably Mulholland Drive. I mean, if you look at the sight and sound list, is the one. 
Don, you call yourself a film film buff, and yet you forgot a certain film that was released oh, that yeah. year. Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. Shrek, my boy. Shrek. I was um. I think in the mood for love may have been that year too, which is a big deal mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, no, that was two thousand, but um, around the same time period. But uh, beautiful mind, yeah. one best picture. Mm, that's anyway. crazy. That's yeah. get out of here. Oh, whatever. I mean, it's fine. Ron Howard. I've mentioned it before that I guess Ron Howard. Um, his entire campaign, it was like of the savviest thing I could put. He basically um, went to the motion picture television home and glad handed all the retirees who are still Academy members and did a bunch of screenings there and just did one on one time with all these people who like obviously like were kind of like like living in a home. Needed, yeah. like, oh, like, and probably grew up watching him on Happy Days or whatever. And, and, he's, up, and but... he's by all accounts a lovely man. Um, yeah. He knows. Yeah. So you got yeah. all your vote. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. saw, I saw, uh, I saw Bryce. Do you ever go and like, do you ever watch architectural digest? Like the, like they'll have actors going, they'll go into people's houses, actors houses. I, I, I think I've seen a little bit of it. It, it makes me a little queasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it makes me queasy too. But sometimes it's fun just to see like, you know, how do these people. And I saw Bryce Dallas Howard's and it was really funny. He was like. You know, I care about the environment. Here's my giant brass ceiling. <laughs> I, I saw that um, she was uh, she did a long thread about like tips for making it in the film industry, and one of the tips was not have your dad be Ron Howard. Weird. Boy, that's a I mean that's a like a big miss if that's not on your list. <laughs> yeah, that's a big yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have a tough time getting into Jurassic World if you Yeah, it's like boy, it's like yeah, talent as an actor, hustle, hard work. Dad is Ron Howard. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Shit, how do I do that? Uh, I guess yeah. I gotta hmm. look up the adoption code. See if just you work can... just just work a little bit harder. You know, hustle and grit. Hustle mm. and grit. Hollywood's yeah. a tough town. It's true. But some people have made ch- it. I could so change my like, last name to Hill, and I could be like the like you know the third Hill brother or something. Yeah. <laughs> like I could be like. A... Um, but overall, this movie has had a long-standing um, afterlife. People love this mm-hmm. picture. Anyone, pretty much anyone you talk to, is like, I like that movie. If yeah. they're into this kind of movie, they like that movie. Um, interesting afterlife. It um, became a TV series. Ooh. In 2016, with um, Bill Paxton. In the Denzel Washington dirty cop role, oh. and unfortunately, Bill Paxton passed away oh, the end, yeah. like right around this time, and that basically, you know, ended the series. Um, I never saw it, but I mean, obviously, I'm a Bill Paxton head. Like I anybody like that else. casting. He's like such a wily. Yeah. He has such a wily presence, and so yeah, like, it'd be fun he, to see. Him it would have been like... a different, totally different take on the yeah. entire idea of it. Um, and uh, Antoine Fuqua was a producer on the TV series, as was Jerry Bruckheimer. Wow. Nothing to, do with, nothing to do with the film. But somehow it's involved in the TV series because that little man has his fingies and everything. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. um, there have been talks about a prequel Involving a young Alonzo Harris in 1992, around the time of the Rodney King trial and the LA riots. Um, February 28th, 2022, prequel called Training Day, Day of the Riot, supposedly started production. Um, I don't know anything about 
miss the status of this movie? <laughs> I mean, like, is it? I don't even know if it's real. Yeah. Or where uh, it's like. Are they going to Irishman Denzel? Like, what is. Yeah, uh... I, uh, I mean. Who's to say? Um, knowing how these things work, they will find a way to scrape every last bit of this into something. Mm-hmm. Also, be a guarantee it will not be as good, magical, or exciting as this film. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have. Yeah, it's not gonna. I don't see how. You, uh, I don't see how you do it. The glory of art putting together a group, a very specific group of people together in a very specific time in their lives. Mm-hmm. That's the entire idea of these things. These are all like we described. David Ayer is an up-and-coming filmmaker who wants to tell stories about what he saw as a youth. Antoine Fuqua is a filmmaker who's looking to prove that he belongs and make a real like standing picture that is a hit at the box office. Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington, you know, Ethan Hawke's around 30. Denzel Washington is around is in his 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, different stages of their career, trying different things. Denzel Washington taking a risk and playing a heinous character yeah all of the supporting actors they've brought in this time in america this time in los angeles this time in music Mm -hmm. that's the glory of it but also can rarely be remodeled Mm -hmm. that's why every comedy has a bad sequel (laughs) yeah yeah. it's like there's a reason why anchorman 2 just doesn't have the same yeah yeah it's effort, you know. It's in the moment. It's fleeting, yeah. you know. Like it's like, yeah. Like you can't, you can't recreate that beautiful spontaneity. It's a beautiful thing about life. Yeah. But I think in an era. Oh, here we go. I think in an era in which we are have been driven down to a state of pure online loneliness. Oh man. Our stories and characters have taken on a greater level because we do not have the outdoor interactions we used to have so letting go of these things these characters these comforts these things that gave you a moment of feeling good mm-hmm. is getting harder and harder to do yeah it's harder and you to want drop the toys. more and more truths and authenticity from them yeah yeah you want well you want you want your toys to be validated you want your toys yes. to be treated like um like because art and, like, our taste is our most identifiable attribute we have left within our identity. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And can't just be a movie anymore. Can't just be a show anymore. I'm a Succession fan. I'm a Marvel fan. That is how I identify. Like, that's like... As a person. Yeah. I'm, like, culturally Marvel. Yeah. That's my, like, I... It is, like, getting to the point where, like, it's like, yeah, it's like how, like, there was, like, a time where it felt like people viewed gamer as almost an ethnicity. Yeah. Like, I I identify as a gamer. I'm a gamer American. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not, yeah, that's not good. That's not a good and way when, to like, life. And when, like, Martin Scorsese pokes holes, mild holes, he's not saying that, like, they should be stopped or that they're a pestilence. Yeah. He's just suggesting some issues. Yeah. You take that as a personal affront to your entire soul. 
And guess what? Like movies are way better when they are just their own thing. Yes. And then you go on and live the rest of your day and you feel like, oh, that was in yeah. Great movie. Like, now I'm gonna hang to... out with like my family or like yeah, I'm gonna hang yeah. out with my friends. Yeah, like yeah. there's more. Although I wanna end this on a positive note. I went for a long walk with the kid yesterday. Ooh. Went down to the town. They were doing a little arts fair. There was a ton of people out and about. People were oh, having awesome. food meals. It was all midday. It was a beautiful day. But the thing that I saw that I liked the best, before we headed out on our walk, I knew we, like I wanted to get a couple of like I want to. We live pretty close to a Seven Eleven, so I was gonna like stop in there for a bottle of water and like a little snack to have yeah. on the road for both of us. So two kids ride up on their bikes. Exchange some cash, they go in and bought some snacks. And I was like, that's some that is true blue old school summer activities. Yeah, there's still hope. There's still there's hope. Still kids, hope. Kids oh, are man. riding their bike to 7 Eleven to buy shitty candy and yep. sodas. We can maybe find a way. <laughs> yeah, there's there is yeah, the, the America still has it's not yeah. it's not entirely a lost uh, it's not entirely a failed state. If kids are still, you know, riding their bicycles and getting into hijinks and trying to like, you know, get a slurpee. Yeah. And On a not sunny just, day. Like Yeah. It could be worse. Could oh be my worse. god, yeah. They're not just trapped in their room watching fifty seasons like, of they're watching like Halo. the snuff film from fucking counselor together you know or online like they're having fun in the world yeah they're seeing they're what's up the... i yeah. you guys say we went to a restaurant for lunch and it was a sunny day and there was like the street fair going on so a lot of the town was out and about Ooh. it was a woman who drank too much and was passed out on the patio at the oh. restaurant on the table <laughs> at like three in the afternoon it's like good on you lady hell yeah <laughs> Get the Z's. Yeah, yeah. The, the the waitresses were like, I don't know, don't know what to do about this. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, just let her let it go. It's like it's a bad look, but what do we do? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough yeah. situation. It's like you don't want to be the one who has to like wake her up. That's like a weird. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Oh, I yeah. I'm uh... surprised. Like, there hasn't been that's this that's. Uh, there should be like a Schrader film about like the nerd. Like I'm surprised that hasn't been. Yeah. Feels like Schrader territory. I'm sure, I'm sure he's pretty fascinated with the entire incel situation. Oh, for sure. The fact that like, yeah, there hasn't been like, yeah, like what happens when you replace God with uh, yeah. oh, I'm sure, Iron Man. I'm sure he would be the first. When if I was if I was this age, I would absolutely be an incel. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I had the movies in the church though in my own fucking shame. <laughs> All right. We've gone on way too long. This was a fun one. Oh man. <laughs> Next week on the sh- if you think this was just like maybe too much of an odyssey into the heart of 2001 Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we got, we, I guess we, Patrick and I had time on our hands this morning. Uh, check in with <laughs> us, the Academy Academy podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at the Academy or um, meet up with us on Letterboxd to take a look at which like weirdo choices I've randomly picked from the Criterion channel. That yeah. week to watch what what erotic thriller has uh, erotic thriller. I, I will tie, tie if you want to be, talk about color of night lots of thoughts on that movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um next week on the show 
We're back to Ridley Scott with a double feature, a hard hit, hard hitting double feature mm. of 2014's Exodus, Gods and Kings, and The Martian from 2015. I can't believe he did these two movies a year apart. Two big wow. ass movies. <laughs> movies. Uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings is on Max, as well <laughs> as on Blu ray, and you can rent it through all the services if you don't want to support Max. Max. <laughs> the Mar- Max, the home of Velma. Yeah, the home of Velma and Jared, the subway guy story. I saw that. <laughs> it's so crazy. There is just a section of just like it's like the pervert, evil pervert yeah, documentary evil. section. <laughs> this is your section for you, evil pervs. Jared yeah. Epstein, um, Army Hammer, like Army the house Hammer. Of, yeah, there was the Army House Hammer. of Hammer. It's like there's too many of these. I don't like no, that. There's, there's like... This, like this makes me not want to support Max yeah. at all. Like I don't want to be like, like can't I just watch Lethal Weapon two like a normal person would? <laughs> yeah, hey, the only Max I want to support is a bit of a loony guy. Some would say he's rather mad. <laughs> yeah, I know. The only, the only like, Max like, I want to support. Yeah, like, like just send me to Fury Road. It was the only reason yeah. to subscribe to this service anyway. <laughs> I'd rather, yeah, yeah I'm out of, I want to go to Fury Road. I'm done. Yeah, Fury Road is much more pleasant than this just banality of evil bullshit. Yeah, the um, banality of Subway Man. I bought the Blue Martian Extended Cut Blu-ray. It arrives yes. on Monday. I can't Ooh. wait. I'm going to take a look at it. It's probably. What did he have to add to that movie? I don't know. Yeah, really that's like a... it was a pretty tightly, tightly scripted piece of material. Yeah, like, is, like... Is he, are we more scenes of him making uh, poop potatoes? Like, who yeah. knows? It's yeah. out of poop. Can you believe it? Uh, that's <laughs> on all the services, Blu-ray, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The week after that, I'm excited. The week after that, I'm excited for every week. Who am I kidding? I'm in love. <laughs> like this, keep me alive. This show. Twenty <laughs> seventeens. <laughs> Alien Covenant. Oh my god, I'm ready. Which is on Hulu and on, you know, Blu-ray and all these kind of deals. And we're teaming it with another film from 2017. Ooh. Blade Runner 2049. Ooh. Ooh. Hot episode. Ooh. Feel that? Scorcher. Man, that is a movie I... I like simultaneously love and kind of have a little bit of some reticence toward. There's something I, I thought it was beautiful like, movie, it was so gorgeous and so interesting and so boring. Yeah, <laughs> one time it's I so saw fr- it. It's <laughs> so frustrating. It is one of those things where it's like there is a great movie here, but it's just yeah. It's, and like Ryan, there are like some moments of pure like like you know the scene where like. Ryan Reynolds has like the beat up nose. And oh, he's Gosling! Looking at, yeah, Gosling, our yeah. boy Gosling, in a yeah. and when he's like the looking giant, at the giant, naked, giant naked Anadarm. Like what? that's insane and like an awesome. That whole moment is just like this sublime and the most ludicrous. Stuff. The setup to get. I mean, I wish he had come in earlier, but the like the setup and like the walk through desert Las Vegas to get to Harrison Ford and stuff Man. like that. Yeah. Like, I'm excited to revisit it. If you thought we talked about David Iyer a lot this week, Mm. get ready for how much we talk about Denny Villeneuve next week. Yeah, oh man, we're going in the Villeneuve hole next week. Yeah, it's going to be a sub-episode unto itself. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. An episode within an episode. Yeah. Uh, But that's on Hulu as well. Oh, nice. There's a Blu-ray. Rented through all the services. We're getting kind of in the territory where these movies are not particularly difficult to find. Yeah. These are pretty new movies at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
I'm excited for all that. These are like we're getting into the nitty gritty here, and we're actually getting into some very modern movies. Yeah, too. we're um, getting yeah, we're getting to the uh, contemporary era of Ridley Scott, like the yeah, like, and kind of like how he's surviving in this. And then we're gonna after these after Covenant, we're really heading straight on through to him bitching about millennials. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yep, we're getting there. And where does he stand as the grand old master? Yeah, where does old Peepop stand? <laughs> old Peepop, like yeah, old... <laughs> he's gone from grumpy ass uncle to grumpy ass great great grandpa. <laughs> like... Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is an elder statesman for yeah. sure. But you know, this is like very exciting. Today was a great episode, a great example of what is possible in the mid tier movie range. Yeah. Great stars, great script, great direction, great location. A good time. A good time. A good time. A good time can be had by all. It does not have to be a damn multiverse. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be. I feel like uh, everyone's like looking for meaning and depth, and like it has to have this. Like, you know, it has to. You know, it can just be a fun movie. It can be a pop boiler. It doesn't have to yeah. be like. Yeah, then- you're not. At the end of the day, this does, because this is flying too close to the sun, banality mm-hmm. of April, evil, hubris, police corruption, um, ambition, blind ambition, taking you down a path you never expected. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of good stuff in this movie. This Because it's classical drama. It's not of them. It's not timely, per se. It's not like this is about this thing that happened six months ago. Mm-hmm. But it is... We covered Serpico many times on the show. Mm-hmm. We covered Black Rain. We've covered a bunch of dirty ass cop movies. Clearly, this has been going on for at least 50, 60 years of cinema, which means, you know, the entire history of policing, there's been crooked ass cops. Yeah. This is, unfortunately, it's evergreen. Mm-hmm. But uh, good one nonetheless. Next week, Exodus, Gods, and Kings of the Martian. We're going in a completely different direction. Ooh, let's go. Let's go. Uh, so for Patrick, I'm Don. We'll see you next week on the Academy Academy. And Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know you got wet. Wait, what? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> My tummy. <laughs> My tummy. Quick, quick, there's an in burger. But don't go through the drive-thru. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.